This is The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. They're running a strange program, y'all. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Now, here's Frank Morano. New York's talk station with the king of New York. Curtis Lewa, 77 WABC. Wow. So, Matt, you're sabotaging my show here. 174, white wedding. What's wrong with you? I can't believe this. Billy Idol. Can you not hit Billy Idol? Or do Rebel Yell? What is wrong with you? Are you so dysfunctional? An act of sabotage right out of the box. Can you not play it? Oh, man. Sabatuji. It won't work. It won't work, guys. I'm here. And I'm here to take over the Frank Morano show, the other side of midnight. Do it, Billy. Do it. Hey, little sister, what have you done? Hey, little sister, who's the only one? Hey, little sister, who's your Superman? Do it, Billy. Do it. It's a nice day for a white wedding. Oh, Billy Idol used to roam about Washington Square Park doing lines of cocaine. While Frank Morano gold bricking in NYU as his father and mother were paying $55,000 a year for what? For what, I ask you? And then all of a sudden, Frank Morano came up to management and said, you know something, I'm going to be away to Hawaii. I'm going to get into that later on. I'll tell you the real deal. But I'd like you to play the best of Frank Morano's The Other Side of Midnight. And then uh, Matt Meany, the program director who has no sense of humor, said, oh, you know, Frank is going to be away in Hawaii. I said, really? I said, and who's going to be on? Oh, the best of the other side of midnight. I said, there's no best of the other side of midnight. There's no best of any other program here. If it's not live and local, it's like leftovers. If you had a Stouffer's TV dinner, right? Oh, my God, Swanson TV dinner, and you only ate half of it, and you put it in the refrigerator, and you ate it seven days later. Does it taste as good? Of course not. So I said, Matt Meany, I will die on the sword. I will come and do a live and local program. He said, wait a second. Isn't it your wedding anniversary? I said, it doesn't matter. We are going to have live and local programming here. If it kills me, our number is 1-800-848-9222. And let me tell you something. Frank Morano's not getting away with doing, oh, uh, ask Frank whatever. A day earlier, when remember, what you can do now is ask Curtis Lee whatever's on your mind. Because I'm going to pimp his ride and you're going to see the ratings are going to be better for me this Friday morning than they've been for Frank Morano. This is war. This is Radio Jihad. 
That's 1-800-848-WABC. And by the way, uh, to my wife Nancy, who I had to break the news to, she said, you know something, I know if you were here with me celebrating our anniversary, your mind would be over there. So I'm going to cut you loose. Don't worry about it. We'll celebrate our anniversary on another night. Go do what you do. I know it vibrates through your veins and arteries into the marrow of your brain. Talk radio. Oh, yeah. And remember, WABC, what does the acronym stand for? Always broadcasting Curtis. Our numbers, remember, you get to ask me whatever it is that's on your mind. Because unlike Frank Morano, who claims, oh, you can ask everything. Ask him how old he is, right? Will he ever tell you how old he is? Of course not. So please, he's acting like a politician. Oh, well, it's none of your B.I.B. business. Uh, In fact, how come he won't give a DNA test, huh, to the Mormons? You know, the... uh, church of what's happening now out there in Salt Lake City. No, he won't do that because, God forbid, that DNA could be traced to a Gambino crime meeting somewhere in Staten Island. Yeah, see, I know Frank Morano. Let me just warn all of you. There was a time in history, it was June 2nd of 1925, one of the best first basemen in all of baseball, Wally Pipp, suddenly claimed he had a headache. He tried everything, St. Joseph, Baby Aspirin, Bayer Aspirin, Anison, even Excedrin, extra caffeine strength, right? Nothing worked. So he told the manager, I can't come. I can't come. Manager said, nah, we got this kid from Columbia University. His name is Lou Gehrig. You know, uh, know, he can play first base. Uh, Why don't you sleep it off, Wally? Wally slept it off. And then Lou Gehrig played for the next 2,130 consecutive games, the Iron Man of Major League Baseball. Let me tell you all out there, go ahead, put the rustoleum on me, huh? There's no rust on Curtis Slewa at 68, that's for sure. I have Wally pipped Frank Morano. Take the day off, and you may never get your job back. That's the way I've always lived. That's why I never take a day off. And by the way, don't worry about it. There's job security here at WABC. Our owners and operators, John and Margot Katsimatidis of Red Apple Media, our parent company, they can find another place for Frank because they've just hired Frank McKay, who was a fellow member and colleague of his as the former chairman of the New York State Independence Party, as the now president of Red Apple Media, the Long Island Division, WLIR 107.1, our FM station that spews out the 50,000 powerful watts of sound on its spectrometer. And what does FM stand for? I've told you many, many times before. Look at his crew here. Oh, my, what a bunch of gabons. FM, freaking morons, feeble-minded, fornicating madly, free marijuana, and Frank Morano. So he can broadcast from WLIR. It's much better to raise Carmine, who's now 35 pounds, out in Suffolk County, out in the Hamptons. Can you imagine swimming? In the Atlantic Ocean, that fresh water for Carmine, 
rather than Jamaica Bay, the residue of Jamaica Bay through the Straits of the Verrazano or the Arthur Kill or the Kill Van Cull in Staten Island, we'll be doing Frank a favor. And it'll help Frank McKay get new content. And this way, Frank Morano can talk morning, noon, and night, which he did before. Remember, he was on WLIR mid-mornings. Look, I'm just trying to help Frank. That's Rachel's hometown. Is it fair that Rachel had to move from Suffolk County to come to Staten Island? Don't you think it would be nice to have reverse osmosis and to have Frank Morano and little Carmine join Rachel and come back to her fatherland, Suffolk County? I'm doing them a solid. Our number is 1-800-848-922. That's 1-800-848-WABC. You can ask whatever's on your mind. We'll also be talking about... Oh, Frank Marano's trip to Hawaii, you need to know the real story because he has not signaled to you what's going on. I have called together information from his many shows. We use AI, artificial intelligence, because his crew has no intelligence at all. So uh, we've used artificial intelligence to actually mine through, I mean, hours and hours of Frank Marano programming. And we have put together selected cuts that will explain why he is in Hawaii, what he's really doing there, although he is there for the wedding of his brother, an acknowledged hardcore Marxist, I'll give you a little tip, who spells his name Nicholas not the Italian way, but the Russian way. And they'll be married in a fort that is a Russian fort. So you're going to go to sleep on this? Come on, ladies and gentlemen. Don't you even think of going to sleep. You're going to be joining me until the break of dawn on the 50,000 powerful watts of sound now heard in 38 states, parts of Canada, a sliver of Europe, and right down to Davy Jones's locker in the Bermuda Triangle. Try the power of 50,000 powerful watts of sound. We're going to test out our discronificator. That's how we conflate your calls from all over the world. You could be on the app. It's crystal clear. If you were calling from Buenos Aires doing the last tango in Argentina or in Cape Town, South Africa, crystal clear with an app, crystal clear on the streaming audio, whether it's on your laptop computer or your work computer. And we're going to hit everything. We're hitting everything. We're also going to hit how you can't have an Elvis wedding in Las Vegas any longer. Can you believe that? Because somebody has claimed trademark copyright infringement. Oh, my God. And then, naturally, we're going to be talking about the new gun czar of New York City, a guy from East New York that I've known for years. By the way, you know what's on his resume? Oh, that's right. The swagger man with no plan. By the way, it is 1.13 in the morning East Coast time. And our mayor, the swagger man who has no plan to deal with the crime problem, is over at Zero Bond Club. Remember, that's a private club downtown Manhattan. The rules are whatever happens there stays there. And if you want to wine, dine, and pocket line the mayor, don't go to City Hall. He's never there. You got to go to Zero Bond. He's there. He arrived there at about 12.45 this morning while Dominic Carter, who gives him uh, coverage and tactical air support, it's not relating to all of you that the mayor has arrived. I'll let you know when he departs into the wee hours of the morning. And who knows, maybe to apartment 22H in Fort Louis, Lee, New Jersey. That's right. I've already tracked it down to apartment 22H. 
But this is the normal time when Frank Morano says, hey, you can ask me whatever you want. I'll answer anything. Ask him his age. Maquanamai. He never answers. He takes the fifth. With me, you can ask me anything. And by the way, he bogarted me because he did it uh, Friday morning. No, Thursday morning. He did it Thursday morning, which he's supposed to do it Friday morning. Then he did his denunciations, declinations, and denouncements on uh, Thursday morning when generally he does it 3 o'clock in the morning, Friday morning. Well, guess what? I'm going to pimp his ride, and then we're going to compare the ratings for the one night, and you're going to see that my calls of asking me whatever's on my medulla and cerebellum versus his, mine will be higher. And my denunciations, declinations, and denouncements will be higher than Frank. This is a radio jihad. Absolutely. You give me an inch, as you know, I take a mile. Right? I take a mile. Hey, it's doggy dog out there. It's Darwinian. We got a place for Frank. It's WLIR. It's our FM station out in the Hamptons. FM, Frank Morano. Hey, Frank McHale, take Good care of them out there. And the crew, you could go out there, too. Hey, you could become a bunch of beach bums out there. Don't worry about it. Put your feet in the sand all day, sleep, and then you'll be on with Frank Morano at night forever. You talk to everybody listening to FM. It's okay. But I'm AM. I'm active-minded. I'm old school. You're not going to turn me into an FM veghead. No way. Anyway, let's go to the phones. Hmm... Let's go to Lonnie calling from Philadelphia. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Lonnie. Yes, Curtis. Happy anniversary to you and your lovely bride. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so happy for you. You know, I want to talk to you. You know, the thing about the cats, you say they heal you, they sit on your chest. Well, my cat sits on my stomach, and I have stomach and intestine problems. And you're right about the cats being able to heal you. I just wanted to tell you that you and Nancy are on to something. You should write a book about this. Let me tell you something, uh, Lottie, you can listen every Sunday night, 11 to 12. It's the most... Highly rated on the many hours I do at WABC, uh, the acronym always broadcasting, Curtis, 11 to 12. We get more calls and more inquiries that bleed over throughout the week because we talk all animal welfare issues, mostly dogs, mostly cats, but other things. And people can't get enough of that because, remember, you could be a Trumper, you could be a Bidenite. There are not many of those left. But anyway, a supporter of Biden versus Trump. And people love animals. They'll put their differences aside. You could be apolitical. That's why you want to listen to that hour. By the way, update on Philadelphia. My guardian angels were patrolling down in Center City, right by City Hall. And they found a stash right at City Hall of all empty needles that dope fiends were using, even though they have cops to patrol there in Center City. And they have private security at City Hall. But the dope fiends are just shooting up right in front of them. And they do nothing. 13 murders just last week alone. Uh, it was about uh, 22 shot. But I digress momentarily. Let's go to Michael in Brooklyn. Your turn to be heard here. You can ask me whatever it is that's on your mind, Michael. Awesome. What's up, Curtis? Happy anniversary. Uh, so two things. One, this makes week 13 that I don't have the trivia prize. And number two... Oh, hold, hold, hold on, hold on, hold on a second. The 13th week, 
and you participated in that scam, I mean, that contest of Frank Morano where he asked 10 questions uh, in uh, one minute, and if you uh, win them, you either, if you get all 10, you get a, uh, you get the big prize, and if not, you get a concession prize. Is that correct, Michael? No, I'm talking about your show. What? Yeah, yours. I called last week, last week, May 12, and I won this trivia prize also last week. Wait a second. Is Avery out there? Is Avery out there? Get Avery in here. This is an absolute outrage. This is who disgraziata Michael Wait right here. You remember who you spoke to? Uh, was it a guy named uh, Avery who is generally my phone screener? It was Avery. He said he had all my information and that he sent it out. How do you like that? Now he doesn't want to come in here. He'd rather work. He'd rather work for the Frank Morano show, The Other Side of Midnight. Come here, Avery. I can't believe this. Avery, what, what is wrong with you? Yeah, get on that microphone. Get on that microphone. Here's Michael in Brooklyn. I recognize the voice. He says he talked to you. He won a Curtis Lee booby prize. Don't ask, don't tell. Because I'm so cheap, I throw nickels around like manhole covers. When all else fails, I'll send you my belly button lint. I'll hermetically seal it in an envelope with a lot of scotch tape and then send it to your COD, cash on delivery. You're the sucker, I mean the person who's got to pay for it. Avery, what happened? Michael said 13 weeks ago he won. He spoke to you and he got nothing. He got ugats. He got bupkis. Uh, Mike, um, have you checked your mailbox lately? Yeah, I have, of course. You sure? Of course. Are you blaming Michael Avery here? Are you doing typically what the Frank Morano staff does? Don't you understand the customer is always right? Well, Mike, have you checked your neighbor's mailbox? Oh, my God, no, my. Look at this. Unbelievable. It is. Mike, 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 stay on the line. Stay on the line. Avery, could you go in that other room where you normally sit and get Michael's information (laughs) and make sure. I mean, you may have to you may have to send it Pony Express. I don't know what you got to do. You may have to deliver it yourself, Michael. How many weeks? Thirteen. Thirteen. Wow! 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 Please, Avery. Please. I don't want to see you. I will do our best to get that to you. Yeah, I'm sure you will. It's my fault. Nobody else is. Tick tock. Good. 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 Take the rap, Avery. See, I thought it was only a plague of the Frank Morano show. I apologize to you, Michael, profusely. Avery will get on the phone right now, get your information, and hopefully he does not dis nor dismiss you, Michael. Sounds good. I still have a question, though. Of course. You're entitled to more than one question. (laughs) Last week, for Memorial Day, I went to Cannonball Park in Bay Ridge, and I saw a veteran there while they were doing the star spangled banner there was a old older gentleman and his hands were shaking so profusely um it, it was so severe but he he was saluting the flag and he did not put down his arm for nothing and as i was looking at him i could tell that he was a soldier who would rather die than put his hand down during the national anthem, the Star Spangled Banner. And to me, that was one of the most powerful things I saw from a veteran. So my question to you is, what was something you saw a veteran do that displayed their patriotism, but that it really stood out to you 
and it stuck with you for all this time. But I got to tell you, uh, stay on the line right now, Michael, uh, that um, I was the Grand Marshal of the Little Neck Douglaston Parade after finishing the program here from uh, 12.15 to 1, uh, which I'm uh, doing this week again. I ran out to Little Neck Douglaston. I was the Grand Marshal there, and I saw men, members of the American Legion, veterans of foreign war, Jewish war veterans and their auxiliaries, uh, who uh, struggled to walk the line of march, did an outstanding job, but got bogarted uh, by a lot of elected officials. What I mean by that is they walked in the front of the line, the elected officials, Democrats and Republicans. They shouldn't do that. Uh, I uh, chose to uh, walk as the last contingent, even though I was the Grand Marshal, with my Kumbhati Cheech, Rudy Giuliani, Andrew Giuliani, who's running for governor on the Republican line and with the Guardian Angels. And it was well worth the wait because they're so patriotic in Little Neck and Douglaston that everybody waited into the very end, which is not always the case in those uh, Memorial Day parades that still exist. So we'll, we'll hook up Michael, I hope. Yeah, Avery, what a piece of work. Let's go to Alan Yonkers. Your turn to be heard here on the segment. You can ask Curtis whatever you like, Al. Yeah, hi, Curtis. Can you hear me? Loud and clear. Yeah, thanks for taking my call. You know, I remember you uh, since I was a young kid coming of age. I believe the Guardian Angels came about uh, in the early 80s. And uh, Mayor Koch, how am I doing in his first term, was the mayor of the city. Uh, my question to you, uh, uh uh, Curtis, as you just mentioned, that at the uh, you mentioned Andrew Giuliani. Uh, at the end of the month, uh, Republicans and Democrats alike in the state will be picking our standard bearers for our party representatives to fight it out in the general election. Uh, I like Andrew Giuliani. Uh, I'm going to vote in the Republican primary, but my only concern is uh, Zeldin is the party choice, and he also has the conservative line. I believe since this year, with things so chaotic with uh, Joe Biden at the helm nationally, that there is a shot in the the Empire State where the Republicans could win, like they did when Pataki beat Cuomo. All right, well, let me let me break it down for you because you're moving at a snail's pace. I understand that's typically the way Frank Morano processes information, but we move el rapido. So bottom line is you have four good Republican candidates. There's Congressman Lee Zeldin. There's Andrew Giuliani. There's Rob Astorino, former Westchester County executive. And there's Harry Wilson. Harry Wilson, 10 years ago, almost beat DiNapoli, the Democrat, for city controller. Uh, you had... Um, Bob Astorino ran against Andrew uh, Cuomo and ran really well years ago. Uh, Lee Zeldin has won every race he's run uh, against uh, a Democrat, which is quite a few, every two years in Congress. And then, obviously, Andrew Giuliani has a name. Uh, One thing I can assure you, on June 28th, uh, whoever wins that Republican primary will have everybody's support. Now, if, uh, hypothetically, Lee Zeldin uh, loses and, let's say... um, whether it's Andrew Giuliani or Harry Wilson or Rob Asherino who win, um, Zeldin will still have the com- conservative party nod. It's sort of like when Andrew Cuomo uh, ran for governor the first time and lost to Carl McCall, he also had the liberal party line. 
Uh, so you might not actively campaign, but I don't think Lee Zeldin, if he were to lose in the Republican primary, can assign that line to anybody. He'd probably just not run a very active campaign. Let's go to John in Freehold. It's the segment, Ask Curtis, whatever it is that's on your mind. Hey, Curtis. Uh, I was going to ask you um, what's your happy – I was going to tell you happy anniversary. And, Thank you. Uh, I just got married in January. Oh, congrats. <laughs> I was going to ask you uh, one a couple of things. Uh, first thing, uh, what's your secret to uh, a good marriage? Well, uh, as you know, I've been a serial marrier. I've been married quite a few times and had quite a few setbacks, all of my own making. Uh, When I met uh, Nancy, uh, it was quite unique. It was in Central Park. I was leading Guardian Angel Patrols. Uh, I didn't even see her there. She reached out to me. We eventually uh, uh, met at a restaurant, and everything clicked. Uh, And we're total opposites, total opposites. Uh, And I think that's what helps our marriage. Uh, And I've learned a lot from my previous marriages, not to make the same uh, mistakes a second, third, or fourth time. And she has a hell of a lot of patience because with me, you need a lot of upachiens. And we have the common concern of rescuing cats, raising cats, and they live amongst us. So I would say, John, all of those have uh, contributed to this uh, marriage uh, lasting. It's the keeper. Uh, there's nothing after this, uh, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. So uh, I'm very happy, very happy. And, and then I was going to ask you, um, are you a man of faith? Do you believe in a higher power? Uh, I must because I'm alive, right? I'm like a cat with nine lives. I've used eight of them. By the way, uh, Nancy has uh, saved me now on two occasions, uh, as she has been like a Clara Barton, uh, Florence Nightingale. Uh, let's go, if we can, to Alfredo, who's calling from Newark. Your turn to be heard here on this segment. Ask Curtis whatever's whatever's on on your mind, because I'll tell you what my age is, 68. Try to ask Frank Morano what his age, and he shuts you down. Go for it, Alfredo. Yes, Curtis. Uh, good evening, and uh, nice talking to you again. You are great. Uh, I like you, show, and uh, you are awesome. Um, do you think... Uh, the other guy of me uh, is ready for prime time on radio. Uh, I tell you, Alfredo, you know, Frank Morano reminds me of the attorney Avenatti. Remember for a while there, Avenatti, when he was attacking Trump, uh, he was on every TV uh, network. Uh, you could see him on MSNBC, CNN, Fox News Channel, Newsmax. He was like lens lights. He was all over the place. He even was thinking of running for the Democratic nomination to become the president of the United States, made an initial visit to Iowa where there are more pigs than people, and then crashed and burned. You see him now, he's getting four years in the joint for ripping off his clients. But I will tell you this, there's hope for Frank Morano. Even though he is the ratings leader here at WABC, and he has earned that, having 20 radios turned on to him out of every 100. I'm nipping at his heels 17 out of every 100 every time I'm on. That when I surpass him, and it will happen on July 4th, our nation's birthday, and we will celebrate that birthday and my ratings victory, there is a home away from this home for Frank Morano. It's WLIR. It's his long-term friend, now president of that portion of Red Apple Media, Frank McKay. 
and I'm suggesting uh, a move. A lot of people are moving out of the five boroughs, right? We saw that in recent reports. I don't want Frank Morano and Rachel and Carmine moving uh, out of this region. They'll move out to Southampton. It's a much better quality of life. The beaches are much better. Hey, you go to South Beach there right in the shadow of the Verrazano Bridge. You got pampers on the beach. You got hypodermic needles. You got horseshoe crabs from World War II. Come on. This is an upgrade. I'm helping Frank. He'll be on at the same time I'm on. You can listen to him at WLIR out there. FM, FM stands for Frank Morano, right? I mean, look, it's perfect. Anyway, uh, let's go to John in Kensington. Uh, you can ask me whatever it is that's on your mind, John. Hi, how you doing? I've had better days, John. I had to give up my anniversary uh, to my beautiful wife tonight just to make sure we have live and local programming so that Frank Morano wasn't able to run best of, which for any any host or hostess is always worst of. Well, Curtis, first of all, I voted for you. How come you didn't vote a few times? Oh, because the president says only one. Ah, now you see if you were a Democrat, I'm assuming you're a Republican, you could have voted multiple yeah. times for me. But I've got a question. Why are you ditching anniversary for the radio? I tell you, I feel so solidly about this. Uh, I loathe, I hate, I despise whenever somebody has a rerun of a program, best of, you know, they say, oh, the yeah, best of Frank Morano, best of City Bernie, whatever it is. I don't believe in that. My wife saw that I was getting very antsy. She said, no, go, Curtis, go. Do what, do what you do what you want to do, and I know this will bother you all night. It'll ruin our anniversary, and we can catch up. In a few nights, because from this night forward, it's a marathon for me. I'll be on like 38 straight hours, uh, you know, as it's partitioned up. But, John, this is a mission in my life. I don't want to ever hear the best of uh, hour of radio. John Katsimatidis and his wife, Margot, have dedicated their lives to live and local programming. And that's why we're the number one news station, talk station in the nation again. Before that... We were down there with Baseman Berthy. You understand? It's it's a part of my makeup, a part of my fabric. Can we go put on some lotion by the ocean? Well, Frank Marano will be able to do that. I'll make sure that transfer to WLIR is good. Everybody loves it out there in Southampton. Fresh air, right? real salt water, not polluted water. It'll be good. What is it, like uh, $10 for a gallon of gas out there now? <laughs> it's always high out there. It must be double the price that it is here. We'll take care of Frankie. Don't worry about it. Hey, everyone, oh, oh my God. Uh, no, he'll be on the FM side. Look, FM, Frank Morano. Free marijuana, fornicating madly. Freaking morons. Don't worry about it. It works. It'll work. Uh, let's go to Fran Francesca. That's the name of my mother in Queens. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Francesca. Yes, happy anniversary, Curtis. I, I had called once before. I was delighted to hear that you're that you're stepping in for Frank. But I will tell you, I called into Frank. You know, he's a paisan, but he gets a little snarky sometimes. Yeah, yeah very you snarky. Know why? Oh, it's so sad. But, you know, I have to tell you, I had a friend years back who actually got married at that Elvis Chapel. One of the Elvis. I'm sad to, to hear that oh, no longer. Later on, Francesca, oh do not go oh. to sleep because you're going to come with me to the break of dawn. 
I'm going to be talking about a double shanda, double discraziata. If you go to Vegas for a quickie marriage, you can't be married by a Elvis impersonator because the person who holds the right to it, the corporation, has said no. No Elvis marriages unless we get peace off. They branded it. You know, I've had a question for you. This is a question I do have for you, Curtis, regarding the... um, the yes. wonderful guardian angels because yes. they've been featured on SNL and in other movies and segments. You know, to brand it, um, you've never branded the guardian angels as an entity, which would mean that, that if they use the name or the likeness, you would get even an honorarium for mm. it. They did it with Liberace. Ah. Ooh. Liber- yes, Ooh, Liberace. Liberace. When Liberace was down in the basement and, you know, nobody, all the rappers. I know, no, I know. But wait a second, Francesca, slowly I turn step by step <laughs> to a little boy named Liberace who was a real mamaluke in Milwaukee. You yeah. think Frank Morano is a mamaluke? No, Liberace was mamaluke number one. He was mama's boy right. in Milwaukee, and then all of a sudden he was being interviewed, and back then you couldn't acknowledge you were gay. That was it, no, the death sentence. No. So uh, I forget yeah, who was interviewing him said, oh, uh, uh, how's your love life? He goes, oh, I'm going to be meeting my girlfriend in a few minutes. Uh, we may have to cut the interview off. Uh, he had to pretend that he had a girlfriend. And yet he was the number one TV star in America, Liberace. The number one TV star. God, I mean, think about that. You see, I was never a Mama Luke. No, 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 no. Frank Morano, he even said, I'm a Mama Luke. I'm not suggesting that he dressed up like Liberace. No, that was a little bit of ostentatious. Oh, look at look at all these questions. Huh. Hmm. Oh, mm, mm, mm. Let's go to Howard in Babylon. Your turn to be heard here on uh, WABC, Howard. Hi, Curtis. I have a simple question. I want to know whether you were ever a Democrat before you became a Republican. Oh, yeah. And I, in fact, I was a member of the Reform Party before I became a Republican. I was the chairman of the New York State Reform Party for three years before Andrew uh, Evilized Cuomo wiped out the third parties. But uh, I'll put that aside. 1972, uh, I made my first vote. I was old enough. I voted for George McGovern. Ironically, I was having a conversation the other day with Michael Mbaricic, uh, Rudy Giuliani, and I asked him, who did he vote for in 1972, assuming he voted for Nixon? He said, no, I was a Democrat. I voted for George McGovern. You see, we're like two birds of a feather. Yeah. Um, What turned you? Oh, the fact that the Democrats then were soft on crime. I then became an independent. Uh, they refer to it pejoratively at the Board of Elections as a blank. So if you're an independent voter, that means you don't have a party affiliation. They said, oh, you're nothing but a blank. I said, wow, what kind of pejorative? No, I'm an independent. I'm a free agent. I'm not a member of any party. Then I became a member of the Reform Party, uh, New York State Reform Party. I became its chairman for three years. And Andrew Cuomo, in his desire to destroy the Working Families Party, which was uh, another third party, uh, created a situation where only a few could survive. The conservatives survived. Believe it or not, the Working Family Party survived. But my party, the Reform Party, died. The Independence Party of Frank McKay died. The Green Party, the Libertarian Party, go right on down the line. He single-handedly 
took revenge on all the third parties, some of which had helped him over the years, Howard. Anyway, let's go to the next questionnaire. Any question you have, of Curtis Lee, I'll answer, including my age, something that Frank Morano refuses to do. You know, that's false advertising. He says you can ask him any question. Right, Matt? He says any question, people will ask him, how old are you? None of your B.I.B. business. He acts like uh, it's uh, a CIA secret, you know, criminals in action. Anyway, uh, let's go to Tony calling from Florida. Your turn to be heard here at WABC. Ask uh, me whatever's on your mind, Tone. Well, I have a question for you, but first I've got to tell you something. Happy anniversary, happy anniversary, happy anniversary, happy anniversary. Oh, thank you, Tony. That was splendid. <laughs> Save it for the shower stall. <laughs> okay. I wanted to ask you, when you started the Garden of Angels, were you married to the same woman you're married to now? Uh, don't speak so close into the speaker in the phone. You'll have to repeat that. I can barely hear you, Tone. Okay. Is this better? Much better. Okay. When you started the Garden of Angels, were you married to the same woman that you are now? No. No, 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 no. When I started the Guardian Angels, I actually was not married at the time. Uh, eventually, I married uh, a woman named Lisa, uh, who uh, joined uh, the Guardian Angels a few months after th- that we started, Tony. Okay, because I wanted to tell you a story. Um, back in the late 80s. Uh... Now, this is a typical Frank Morano caller. You know, they got an Obama phone. You know, it's like, uh, I don't know, a burner phone from uh, Motorola. It's like, I don't know. what it is. Whenever I do the show that I do, which is Saturday mornings, the other, other, other side of midnight from 12 midnight to 6, and then Sunday morning from 12 midnight to 6, crystal clear, people are speaking to me uh, as if uh, it's a modern phone, an iPhone, a smartphone. Some of Frank Morano's callers, I'm telling you, I think it's Obama phones. Hey, look, you know, times are hard. Inflation is up. Gasoline is like six bucks a gallon. Uh, try to get an Oreo cookie. It's like a dollar a cookie in the package. I mean, look, I understand. Times are tough. But get a freaking decent phone. I have no idea what's going on. Yeah, you never do. You never do. Anyway, let's go to Johnny in Queens. Uh, you can ask me whatever's on your mind here at WABC, Johnny. Hey, Curtis. Uh, it's amazing. I don't know where you get your energy, and I love the fact that you uh, they help all those cats out. We do the same thing. Um, happy anniversary to you, sir. I'm just driving home from work. Usually I do listen to Frank Morano, and some of his callers are really out there. And when I heard you were on tonight and I was exhausted, I said, Curtis is going to get me home safe. Uh, that's but right, because I keep you pumping and jumping. Oh, you're amazing, brother. I got to hand it to you. Um, I got I want to offer you a little gift for your anniversary. A novel I just wrote just got published, and I think it's right up your alley. I'll just I'll just promote it by saying, if you like Law and Order, if you liked Goodfellas, uh, God rest Ray Liotta's soul. If you like The Bronx Tale, if you like first two scenes of Sopranos, if you like Godfather One and Godfather Two. I think you will love the book I wrote. Well, that's interesting. That's interesting, uh, Johnny. Stay on the line there and please get the information from Johnny. 
Uh, he mentioned Goodfellas. Frank is constantly trying to be a good fella. He mentioned Bronx Tale. I was just with Chaz Palminteri the other day at his restaurant over on 46th Street near the west side. And we were having a discussion about that maniac who was on that J train, remember, roaming up and down the car. And these uh, men with high levels of testosterone and muscles between their ears just coming from the gym wouldn't get involved, wouldn't challenge him. As he dragged a woman by her hair, and she was saying to them, please help, he's going to kill me, he's going to kill me. I said, boy, Chaz Palminteri, remember that scene in Bronx Tale when the bikers were in the, the bar? And you told you guys to lock the doors and to get the Louisville Slugger Rocky Calavito baseball bats, and you told them nobody's leaving, and then you just broke every bone in the bikers' bodies. Wouldn't that be nice? Chaz, I told Chaz, hey, Chaz, why don't you ride the trains? You and the guys from Bronx Tale. You know, the old timers from uh, Belmont Avenue, Arthur Avenue. There's like two Italians left. Everybody else in Albanian or Macedonian, you know, <laughs> a wannabe Italian. And they just ride the trains with baseball bats. They know Chaz Palminteri. They'll say, uh-oh, we're stuck in this car. He's not going to let us leave. And then you make their kneecap sing and ring. You kneecap them. He got a good laugh out of that. He said, you think? I said, nobody gets arrested in New York now, Chaz. <laughs> you could kill somebody, you don't get arrested. He says, I like it. I like it. Anyway, our number is one 800 to this segment that Frank Morano tried to bogart me by doing it yesterday. Well, guess what, Frank Morano? When all is said and done, my ratings on this Friday morning will be better than your ratings for the same segment on Thursday morning. 1-800-848-9222. W-A-B-C. New York. He is New York. Cred that the others don't have. Curtis Lewa. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Don't you try to sabotage me again, Matt, to show your loyalty to Frank Morano. He's not here today. He's away in Oahu, Hawaii. Last Remember Billy Idol in Washington Square Park? He got busted doing lines of cocaine while Frank Morano was wasting his parents' money, eating away at $55,000 a year for a no brainer education at NYU. Ask for a rebate. She don't She won't sit. I'm Oh, you're not going to want to miss it in the next hour. You're not going to sleep on me. We're breaking it to the... Oh, wait a little birdie has told me. Oh, man. The swagger man who has no plan. Eric Adams to deal with crime. 
He only spent a half hour tonight at the Club Zero Bond downtown. A private club where whatever goes stays at the uh, Zero Bond. Hanging out with the TikTok girls. Trying to keep up with the Kardashians where you can wine them, dine them, and pocket line them. Wow, he left early. Only a half hour. You see? I got rats everywhere eating the Parmesan cheese. And all of you, I ask you one simple thing. You must make it a point to try to listen to Frank Morano Monday through Friday from 1 to 5. That's four hours each morning, five days a week. That's 20 complete hours. Whatever you miss in the live broadcast, appointment radio, you can catch on the podcast at wabcradio.com. Take meticulous notes and write them out to me. Every time he crosses that Maginot line. Anyway, let's go back to the phones. And it's Alan in Manhattan. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Alan. Hey, Curtis, what do you think of the Jewish guy from Forest Hills who didn't like his Chinese food who blew away the delivery guy? Should get the death penalty. Really? Yeah. Death penalty. This guy, first off, this guy who is a real kukulamunga and who the police should have uh, immediately arrested because everybody knew who did it. This guy would consistently come to that Chinese uh, restaurant down 69th and Queens Boulevard. He'd harass the owner. He'd harass the staff. He took out a gun one time. He pointed it at the owner. The staff uh, tackled him. The police came. They didn't do anything. He continued to threaten them. The cops eventually went to his wife's house, who was only a half mile away in Briarwood, He had eight guns stashed there. He was no longer living with her. But everybody knew this guy had done it. In fact, apparently, the 45-year-old Chinese delivery guy was on his way to make another delivery. This uh, crackpot was following him, obsessed, because he didn't get enough duck sauce. And he blew him away, blew him away right in the street. It took him over a month to catch this guy. See, that's the problem in our city. Everybody knew who killed these Chinese delivery guy. It was no secret. This is the same guy who's been harassing the uh, patrons, the employees, and the owner there for about a year. And believe it or not, it's all over duck sauce. You think maybe we should fire up old Sparky there and sing, sing, ah, sinning? I know we don't have a death penalty in New York, but, I mean, come on. The guy executed this guy in cold-blooded murder. Because he didn't get enough duck sauce. <sighs> anyway, let's go to Yankles calling all the way from uh, Lakewood. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Yankel. Hi, Curtis. I'm in the room with five Bucker boys who will love your show, and we're going to stay up till we hours. That's good. The Bucker boys, uh, they, they got to show up for their minion in the morning to the local shul yeah. in Lakewood, but they are listening to me to the break of dawn, right? Yes, and they want to be on every night and kick off Frank Morano. No, 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 no. We can't do that. We can't do that. No, now, I'll tell you why, Yankel. Because there is a place for Frank Morano. We found it. It's our sister station, WLIR. He's now the president of WLIR, our FM station. A great guy, Frank McKay. No, no. We will find a home of his own, Frank Morano. Hey, Yankel. You, yeah. you know, the Jews are very generous, right? You have to ha- help the goy, too, right? You can't just help your own. Yeah, for sure. That's right. So we got to help the goyim in this case, Frank Morano. Oh, uh, yeah, that's right. True. He should, he should work for WILRFM. 
That's right. Look, yeah. I used to I used to broadcast on WLIR. A lot of people don't know this. Long before our owner operator John Katsimatidis purchased WLIR, which now is out in Southampton. It's the FM station. That's why it would be a perfect fit for Frank Morano. FM, Frank Morano. Uh, there was uh, Zeb Brenner, Talkline Communication, who still does a lot of Jewish programming at a lot of different stations. He owned WLIR in Rockland County in Muncie. And this is when I was doing mornings at WABC. He said, could you do me a favor? I want to experiment. You'd be the first goyim to ever broadcast on this station if you could come up to Rockland County, Muncie, one night a week. So I'd go up there on Wednesdays, and the program was Ask the Gentile. And my board operator and phone screener was Shlomo. And the guys calling in, they all spoke Yiddish. So they figured, oh, they bamboozled me. But, hey, you know, if you work retail in New York City, you pick up a little Yiddish. Bad words, mostly. So the questions would come from the Yitzhak would ask me a question. It was all in Yiddish. And Shlomo would whisper in my ear what the guy was saying. I would answer in English. How the, he'd say, how the hell did you know what I was saying? I'd say, you know, you work retail in New York City. You pick up a little Yiddish. I did that for a year. That was the old WLIR. It was like a two-watt station. I think it hit like uh, 42 Hasidic and uh, Orthodox homes in Muncie. But it was a great opportunity. I, I did a few other programs for Zeb Brenner, Talkline Communication, and uh, WMCA, the old religious station, Holy Rollers at midnight. You know, because Saturday, right, it's Sabbath until the sun goes down. And then all of a sudden it was, hey, we got we to gotta be listening. It's Ask the Gentile with the Goy, Curtis Sliwa. So you got to be multidimensional. You got to be multifaceted. That's why Frank Morano not ready for prime time. He's still JV. You know he's brand new to this. Uh, he's been a producer for many many years. He's done his own show, but not quite a decade yet. Look, I've been doing this how long? Come on, thirty three years. Most of it here at WABC, my place to be. ABC, which the acronym always broadcasting. Curtis, uh, four years of my life that I'll never get back. I was at AM 970, The Answer. I was doing morning drive and afternoon drive, and only one person ever remembers hearing me on that station. And it was Rich Valdez, uh, who is the phone screener and substitute host for Mark Levin, because he lives right next to the tower of AM 970, The Answer, in New Jersey. One person. That was it. In four years. And then I did a favor for my Kumbadichich, Rudy Giuliani, who had just become mayor, thank God, and gave the city a badly needed colonic 1993. I had been fired with Lisa, Angels in the Morning. We were on from 91 to 94. He said, Curtis, I want you to do me a solid. Uh, New York City taxpayers subsidize this WNYC uh, radio station. It's uh, an NPR station. We got to get out of the radio business. I want to sell it. But the only hosts they have there are very liberal, very progressive. Uh, there was uh, uh, Lenny Lopate, the cultural guy, who's on right before me. Uh, so Rudy said, why don't you just do a program about neighborhoods in New York City, the five boroughs? Nobody knows him better. So I was on from two to four. Before that, there was Brian Lair from 10 to 12, and then Lenny Lopate from 12 to 2, who hated me, who loathed me, who despised me. So the first day I'm on, 
uh, he introduces me to the audience, you know, very liberal, very progressive, uh, very much uh, not a fan of mine. And he said, oh, and uh, here's Curtis Lee. He's been forced upon us by new mayor Rudy Giuliani. Curtis Lee was best known for reading uh, magazine covers and comic books. And then we got into an argument. And I got into an argument with everybody there for like seven straight months. Every day I would have a different co-host. Every day the program director there would say to uh, my new co-host, whether it was uh, a man or woman, whoever, get him, get him. There was no entertainment value and no belly laughs. It was all mean-spirited. Get Sliwa. Oh, the best part was you have to, um, you have to solicit once a month for money. Uh... And so it was the first time I was soliciting at WNYC. I was considered the conservative there. Clearly, the rest were communists and socialists. And so they did relatively well with their fundraising. But the old gray lady in the New York Times gave me an extra zero in the tabulation that was published on uh, Saturday morning, which meant that I had raised more than any other talk show host at WNYC. Well, Brian Lair and Lenny Lopate went crazy. They said, that's impossible. So I get back on a Monday and I said, wait a second. How is that impossible? I was always told the New York Times, the old gray lady, uh, it's all the news that's fit to print. Are you saying that they uh, juiced up my numbers, ginned up my numbers? So then all of a sudden the New York Times printed the next day a full page denunciation, declination, denouncement of me, even though it was their own mistake. That's why you don't want to go anywhere at 3 o'clock this morning. Frank Morano tried to bogart me by doing this uh, denunciation, declination, denouncement segment on Thursday morning instead of when it's always supposed to be done, Matt, on Friday morning. I'm surprised you didn't do an intervention because he didn't want his listeners to hear me do it better. Well, guess what? I'm Wally Pipping him. You may regret Ever having gone out to Hawaii, and up next, I'm going to tell you why he's in Hawaii. Yes, he is there for his brother's wedding. He's not lying about that. But there are a number of ancillary developments that some of you are not aware of. But when I connect the dots, you'll understand why it's more than just his brother's wedding that brought him to Hawaii. This is The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Moran. Check this out. No one knows New York better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lewa. And you can't compete against that. On 77 WABC. Tiny bubble. Make me happy, make me feel fine. That's the great Don Ho of Hawaii who lived in Diamond Head. This is a song that Frank Morano is listening to now, half in the bag in a tiki bar. An Oahu. Absolutely. He doesn't understand how they gin up those drinks, especially for the servicemen. Pearl Harbor, right? No, no, he's he's not going to Pearl Harbor. He's not. But that's not why he's there. He doesn't have time to go to Pearl Harbor with his lovely wife, Rachel, 
And Carmine, who's now 36 pounds, born uh, right about Thanksgiving, delivered by a uh, midwife, 92-year-old nun on loan uh, from uh, Saint, Mount St. Laredo's, the convent. And if you remember that uh, Nurse Ratchet from Richmond uh, Hospital, poor Rachel, baby was 13 pounds. Look, I was 11 pounds upon birth at Brooklyn Hospital, and my mother, Francesca, was only five foot four, about uh, 100 uh, pounds soaking wet. My father, Chester, looked at me, said, that can't be our baby, that's impossible. You must have swapped babies in the infirmary. It happens. It happens. Uh, But, hey, look, uh, Carmine is living the good life. He's off in Hawaii. He's listening to Don Ho, Tiny Bubbles. How many of you remember the song Tiny Bubbles, Hawaii, which became our 50th state in 1959? Yeah, it took a long time. But its history also belies why Frank Marano was there, not just for the marriage of his brother Nicholas and his uh, his new wife. No, 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 no. So I'm thinking of Don Ho. How many times have I seen him? I'm sure many of you over the years. I saw Don Ho in uh, the Don Ho Variety Show. That didn't do too well. It crashed and burned after a year on ABC TV. But I could have remembered. I think I remember. He was on an episode of Fantasy Island with Ricardo Montembaum, you know, and that dude going, the plane, the plane. Wasn't he on Charlie's Angels and Batman and Sanford and Son and the Brady Punch and I Dream of Genie? Yeah, Don Ho, he was Hawaii. Forget uh, Hawaii Five-0. It was Don Ho. And right now, I know that Frank Morano is listening to Don Ho. Tiny Bubbles at a Tiki Bar in Oahu. But let me give you an idea of what has transpired. You have Frank Morano, who landed on the tarmac with his uh, lovely wife, Rachel, and Carmine. He's wearing a Hawaiian shirt. What a schmuck, what a putz. I don't think he realizes that the Hawaiian shirts are now synonymous with the Proud Boys. I guess he doesn't understand that in order for the Proud Boys to camouflage themselves in to the general population, they wear Hawaiian shirts. So right away, the locals there, the real Hawaiians, the Samoans, those from Tonga, they're saying this Howley is a Proud Boy. Because naturally, white boys are considered Howleys, and plus he's eating poi with his two fingers. He's trying to act like, you know, he's one of the locals. He's eating poi with his fingers. By the way, if you want to win a Curtis Lee with Booby Price, don't ask, don't tell. Uh, it will not be my belly button lint, I've been told by the Department of Health, unless it's checked for STDs, and that is an STP. Uh, Randy Granit, uh, Andy Granny Telly, the racist edge. No, STD, sexually transmitted diseases. We have been told you cannot send belly button lint, COD, to any of our, our winners. So instead, you'll get a great WABC hat. Not with the Frank Morano show on it, even though this is the Frank Morano show with the Curtis Lee show on it, because I'm bogarting him. But I'm asking you a question. See if you can answer this. It's like, <laughs> hey, number one, what are the six islands of Hawaii, our 50th state? What are the six islands? 
And also, for those of you who have never been to Hawaii, when you go there, you immediately are invited to a luau party. And you do the hula dance. Now, Frank Morano, he's a dollar short day late. You know, he's like the uh, oldest young guy I've ever known. We still don't know how young he is. But he brought with them the old hollow plastic tubes that you swivel on your hips and revolve around your hips in order to lose weight. You know, the hula hoops from Whammo that they sell in the 99 cent stores, the dollar stores. Now it's a dollar twenty five. There's nothing that's a dollar anymore because of Joe Biden inflation that he blames on Vladimir Putin. But he showed up with hollow plastic tubes that he was swiveling around his hips. This guy is not ready for Hawaii. But let me give you the timeline of why, at this time, Frank Morano is in Hawaii. He is telling the truth. It is for his uh, brother Nicholas's marriage. But he insisted there would be no gift. No gift for you, Nicholas, and your new wife. I hope so. That is something to look forward to. Okay, so um, my other comment relates to what you said about your brother's wedding, and I I realize that you're flying to Hawaii for the wedding, and that that is a huge expense. But I, whenever I get invitations or we get invitations to weddings and people say, you know, no gifts, I always panic because, number one, I, I feel I must buy a gift for such, you know, a momentous occasion. But also, you took it so well, and you were like, okay, well, we're flying, you know, all the way to Hawaii, so that's the gift. And in a sense, I can understand that. But also, I wonder if couples really mean that. And if you don't give a gift, if somewhere along the line it's going to be held against you. I mean, that's how I think. I wish I could be as relaxed as you were about that. Well, you know, know, it's only because they were so adamant in on their wedding website about um you know about uh not giving gifts so um you know i i you know i, I don't know uh it, but I, i'll 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 see what my other two siblings are going to do so uh, we'll see what happens get them a small gift yeah okay maybe you're right how much do you think Oh, gosh, I hate when people say that because I don't know your monetary situation. But, I mean, this is your brother, and he may not hold it against you, but I don't know how you well know, how well you know her. Might she hold it against you? Well, you know, your brother and his wife didn't give us a gift. And he could say, well, it says on our website, yeah, but we didn't get a gift. I mean, a wedding. Yeah, I don't see. I, I don't think they would uh, do that. I don't. I, I honestly don't. I mean, who knows? Maybe 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 you're right. We'll see. Well, obviously, Frank, uh, when he stopped off in California, hit the casinos there. You know, he's got to shoot craps. He's got to. It's in his blood. He's got to lose his money in craps. But I think his brother and his uh, sister-in-law, new sister-in-law, would give him slack because for everybody nowadays, it's more difficult for attendees to uh, weddings to afford the string of costs associated with the event, the plane tickets, the hotel rooms, the new outfits, the gifts. So a lot of people in general are declining invitations altogether due to the expense. So to Frank's uh, and Rachel's credit, they didn't bag out. They said they would go to the wedding, but not necessarily for the reason that you think for the marriage alone. That was the lure. But there are a lot of other things going on.
In fact, just so that you know, there are an estimated two and a half million weddings happening in the U.S. this year, the most since 1984, after many couples either postponed marriage due to COVID or got entang- excuse me, engaged during the pandemic. 73% of invited guests polled recently said inflation is negatively affect- affecting their ability to attend weddings they've been asked to come to, forcing some to take on debt, use savings, or skip the events completely. So whether you blame Putin, whether you blame uh, Trump, or whether you blame the person responsible for this, President Joe Biden, we have to give credit where credit is due. Frank Morano and Rachel bricked it and decided to go to this wedding, even though the cost, oh, my God, of airplane, uh, airplane fares, it's like they've zoomed up to like 45% of what they were last year. 45%. And having gone to Hawaii a few times to start Guardian Angels, yeah, it's expensive. The big thing that's going to happen is Frank Morano's going to be uh, at that tiki bar a few days, right? He'll be uh, out on his tuchus because those drinks are strong. They don't water them down because the Japanese, they love, you know, they couldn't take Hawaii in World War II, the sneak attack of Pearl Harbor, but there are more Japanese tourists who go to Hawaii than anywhere else. They love Hawaii. They own homes and condos in Hawaii. They might as well have just taken Hawaii. They didn't win any war. But, uh, but they've certainly won it in peace. They're all over the place. But the most interesting thing about the main island of Oahu, where the, the uh, city of Honolulu is, that there are prostitutes all up and down the streets. Even though it's not officially legal, they're everywhere. I could easily see these women, many of them drop-dead gorgeous. They come from all over the world, many of them from Asia because it's nearby. And they walk up and down. And they approach people and they say, would you like a date? I have a location we can go to and cop a squat for the night. They actually have the hotel already hooked up, the whole nine yards. Frank Morano has said before, you know, I find it very difficult to say no. Right, Matt? He's, he's kvetched about that. I find it very difficult to say no. I hope this doesn't get him into double trouble. Because these women are specialists with knockout drops. You know, you get in, you think, oh, wow, did I get lucky? Man, this is like, wow. And then all of a sudden, the next thing you know, you wake up, your trousers have been pulled down, your pockets have been cut out, your wallet is gone, you've been robbed of everything, including your manhood. That that, that could happen. I, I should have given him some advice before he went to Hawaii. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Well, let's go to uh, Frank Morano discussing some more of how he got to Hawaii the wrong way. Wrong way, Frank Morano. You know, it's funny. I told you when I bought a ticket to my uh, brother's wedding how I bought it the wrong way. Instead of going from New York to Hawaii, I bought it from Hawaii to New York. That is going to cause trouble. Trouble. First of all, you, you can't buy one-way tickets anymore. You can't. Ever since uh, the attack in 9-11, there's no more one. Either you got a two-way ticket, even if you're not going to use the other portion of your ticket, or you're going to get into an argument at the front desk, and then the TSA guy or gal is going to come over, and guess what? You ain't getting on the flight. So how the hell, if he was going from New York to Hawaii, did he end up getting a ticket? Can I hear that again, Matt? That makes no sense. No sense whatsoever. 
you know, it's funny. I told you when I bought a ticket to my uh, brother's wedding how I bought it the wrong way. Instead of going from New York to Hawaii, I bought it from Hawaii to New York. I mean, how do you do some stuff like that? <laughs> and, you know, they're not going to understand at the airline. They're not going to understand. I don't know if he's taking Alaska Airlines. Yeah, Alaska Airlines uh, dominates the West Coast. They may be flying him from, like, San Francisco to uh, Honolulu. Uh, there are other jet carriers, but believe it or not, Alaska Airlines. Remember, and there's something in common here that is the real reason that Frank Morano is out there now at his brother's wedding. Who owned Hawaii at one time? And who owned Alaska at one time? Now, I realize this is the Frank Morano audience. It's not a Menso audience. It's a lot of special ed folks. Many people who uh, are in prison just getting out of prison. So they've been denied a good, wholesome education. But this is... Um, Solving part of the riddle of why Frank Morano is in Hawaii now, not just for the marriage of his brother Nicholas, which is true, but for other assorted reasons. It has to do with who owned Hawaii at one point and who owned Alaska. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Another clue, Frank Morano acknowledged that his brother Nicholas is a Marxist. You know, he, he's vaccinated, he's a, a Ph.D., and he's not a right-winger by any means. Not that I think COVID uh, should be viewed through partisan lines at all. He's, he's a Marxist. But no, so far, both he and his fiance have not reported any people, any concern about people not attending because of COVID. Hmm. And how did we find out that his brother Nicholas was a Marxist? He told the world on the show that I often appear on, on the Fox News channel, Jesse Waters. Carmine Morano. Um, he is my younger brother, happens to be a doctor, a scientist. He's a, a, a Ph.D. And he's a Marxist. And, of course, if there's anything that, that defines Nicholas more than anything, it's wanting more money for free. More stimulus money. Now, I don't think that is a sound financial um, approach at all or a sound economic approach. I fear it would actually be far more inflationary and it would encourage more people not to work, only exacerbating the supply chain issue. And Nicholas knows all that, too. He's a bright guy uh, with multiple postgraduate degrees, which beat the zero postgraduate degrees that I have. But when it comes to Nick, he's not thinking about broader economic policy. He's thinking about himself, and he wants another one of those $1,000 checks from the government. So I was happy to see him on the Fox News channel, although I disagree with his solution. And I'm, sur I'm sure knowing Nick and how verbose he is, he probably gave a lengthy commentary, and then they just kind of cherry-picked those two aspects of it. But uh, it was interesting to see my brother Nick on uh, the Jesse Waters show yesterday. I remember seeing it. Because I know Nick. I'm going to tell you momentarily how I know Nick. Nicholas was there. Jesse Waters was interviewing him. He does have great academic credentials, unlike Frank, who wasted $55,000 a year of his father and mother's hard-earned money at NYU. His brother, like his father, went to Brooklyn Tech and then went to a series of uh, really 
top-flight universities, uh, earned his um, diploma, his graduate degree, Ph.D., but has been a lifelong Marxist. And, and I'll tell you why I know that. A while back, I was attending an event way out in the tip of Tottenville, right off the Kill Van Call, Arthur Kill. In fact, if you hit a golf ball across the Arthur Kill there, you, you're in Perth Amboy. And I needed a ride back, and Frank Morano said, oh, wait a second, my brother Nicholas, he's got his car. He can drive you to the ferry. I said, that's great. He said, I tell you what, let me give him a call. He'll come by, he'll pick us both up, and we'll drop you off at the ferry. And I thought that was great. So Nicholas, and by the way, a clue to all of this, he doesn't spell Nicholas the way an Italian kid does. Because remember, Frank Morano's mother is Italian, the father's Italian. He spells it the Russian way. And I noticed that right away when I got into his car, which was a Yugo. Now, the most interesting thing is I asked him, wow, I don't think there are many Yugos around. He goes, they're not. But they didn't have my preferred vehicle, a Lada, from the old Soviet Union. So I said to Frank, wow, your brother's like hardcore commie. And Frank didn't even get a chance to respond. Nicholas right away said, yeah. And I feel sort of like uh, I'm not true to my principles and ideology because the Yugo was made in Yugoslavia when Tito was the leader. Tito, who revolted against Stalin, who was like hardcore communist. In fact, he said, you know, Stalin was always trying to assassinate Tito. And Tito said, hey, stop sending people to kill me or I'm going to send somebody to kill you. He actually related that story. This kid's very bright. Now, I know a lot of you listening right now, like Frank Morano's crew here, like uh, you, Matt, our board operator, think I'm talking about Tito Jackson of the Jackson 5. No. We're talking about Tito, who is the leader of Yugoslavia. Now, notice, Frank Morano interviews a lot of people, a lot of people, who um, are very supportive of Vladimir Putin. As opposed to Zelensky. Vladimir Posner, right? Vladimir Posner, I thought he was dead. Remember, he used to be the partner of uh, Phil Donahue. Uh, I think he was on there, what, CNBC? I I don't know, Talk America, something like that. But Vladimir Posner, hardcore communist, going way back to the Poli Bureau, way back to Nikita Khrushchev, right? All through that. And Frank Morano has him on on a regular basis as an apologist for... Vladimir Putin said to myself, back then, this is when I'm in that car, the Yugo, I said to Nicholas, who was dominating the conversation, now, Frank is the older brother, but Nicholas was like, hey, he ain't having none of Frank Morano's meandering. You know, he's very concise. I said, because you drive a Yugo, Nicholas, does this make you like Bobby Fischer? How dare you call me Bobby Fischer, that crazy chess master? You know, he beat our champion, Boris Spassky, in 1972. I said, your champion? I caught him in that moment. He's like, he he lives in like a a pre-Soviet era. The guy truly is totally evolved in that, which gives you an idea of why they're in Hawaii. Why would they have picked Hawaii, which is so expensive for people to go? Because it's a little out of the way. 
And people can get involved in hush-hush, mush-mush. In fact, listen to this critic of Frank Morano who called, and if you connect the dots, I think you can understand one of the other reasons why Frank Morano and Nicholas are together in what will be Kauai for the wedding, one of the six islands of Hawaii. By the way, the Curtis Sliwa Booby Prize is what are the six islands that make up Hawaii? 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Little tip. The marriage is taking place in Kauai. Where in Kauai? That will answer it. Let's go to Fred, who's calling from Queens. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Fred. Good morning, Curtis. How I look forward to the weekend, not simply because you're on, but so I don't have to listen to that narcissist, Morano. <laughs> he has a pattern of behavior that he repeated earlier this week. Earlier this week, he interviewed Colonel Douglas McGregor about the situation in Ukraine with Russia. The interview ends, he goes to a commercial, he comes back and he comments in this long-winded fashion about the bumper music, the singer of which is his brother-in-law's wife. He starts off by inviting callers to comment on the interview. Now he has no time. It's the top of the hour. He needs to go to the news break. He comes out of the news break and goes on this long-winded spiel about his social media sites, about the comments he's receiving and sparring with this woman on Facebook. I do not listen to the radio to hear a host talk about his social media page. The guy ran out of breath there. Oh, man. Oh, look, he makes some valid points. We all have our faults as talk radio hosts. Look, I'm senior to Frank Morano. I've been doing this longer. I'm on the varsity. You know, he was on the JV, had a very good run there. And all of a sudden, the JV guy is leading the parade in the ratings. But that won't last for long. I'll take him out by July 4th. But he does lean in the direction of Putin and the Russians in this war against Ukraine. He's not alone. Bernard McGurk in the morning with Sid Rosenberg definitely does not want to send any money to Zelensky. He definitely leans towards Putin. And even I am very jaundiced about Zelensky in Ukraine, although push come to shove, I, I, I side with the Ukraine. But with Frank Morano, remember, he is a contrarian. The one thing in listening to Frank Morano, and you got to listen to him every Monday through Fridays from 1 to 5, that's four hours each morning. That's five mornings a week. That's 20 hours a week to write him out to me. But he's a contrarian on everything. So if you're in favor of one thing and that's the majority, he's on the other side. He is always a contrarian. You know what one of his goals are in being in Hawaii? I want you to think about it. Matt, I know you won't give it up because you're loyal to Frank. So you might as well go down with the Frank Morano ship. I'm not going to throw you a lifeline. But he has been kvetching, kvetching, kvetching about not having a certain guest come on with him. A certain guest. He moans and groans about it. It's almost like a wolf howling at the moon. He cannot understand why a certain person refuses to come on as a guest of his. And I'm wondering if there's anybody out there who knows exactly who that person is. 
She lives on Hawaii. Very infamous person. Shares a lot of Frank Morano's politics. I must have heard him at least six or seven times. Howl to the moon. Why does she not come on? I don't understand why she does not come on. Her politics often is synergistic with Frank Morano's. But this is another reason why he's out there. He hasn't told you. It's the same reason when Comrade Bill de Blasio, the part-time mayor, the dope from Park Slope, and his new wife, Charlene McRae, decided to go to Havana behind the sugarcane curtain of Fidel and Raul Castro, they were there not only to have their honeymoon and to celebrate, you know, with the workers' revolution, but they were trying to meet their hero, Joanne Chesimard, a.k.a. Asada Shakur, who was the cop killer, the former leader of the Black Liberation Army. Remember how she escaped from Clinton, the all-female prison in New Jersey, hid out in Pittsburgh, then went down to Mexico City and was brought to Havana. She's been there ever since. They met with her. I know. I was in Cuba. A lot of these radicals and progressives, they would fly either to Toronto. The immigration officer would not stamp their passport, so they would then fly right to Havana, and they would say on the flight, Oh, we're going to meet Joanne Chesimard, our hero. Maybe we can join the Vence Ramos Brigade and cut some sugar cane for Castro. Yeah. They talk crazy, or they would fly directly to Mexico City. Likewise, there they would not stamp their passport, so you wouldn't get in trouble flying to Havana. And the number one person they wanted to find was not Fidel Castro, was not Che. He was dead, as you know, shot and killed by the CIA on his uh, donkey in the hills of Bolivia. They were there to meet and have a cup of Cuban coffee with their hero. Asada Shakur, a.k.a. Joanne Chesimard, cop killer. Remember El Jefe, Chris Christie Shamu, who said we must do everything within our means to find that cop killer, Joanne Chesimard, a.k.a. Asada Shakur, and bring her here for justice. I am telling you, if we were to go to that Marriott Hotel where... The part-time mayor, the dope from Park Slope, no longer mayor, thank God, but he's like a zombie coming back again to try to hurt us, to try to destroy the country now, to run for Congress in the 10th Congressional District, which incorporates Park Slope, that if you were to go to the Marriott Hotel where he is housed now in the penthouse with his wife, Charlene, we're paying the bill for that, suckers. Instead of going to his house on 7th Avenue and 11th Street in the heart of Park Slope, you will find pictures. Of Che Guevara, Asada Shakur, a.k.a. Joanne Chesimard, and the man that they went down to Nicaragua to fight for, the Sandanistas, Daniel Ortega. Ah, yeah, see? We subsidize that. When we come back, you'll find out the real reason, the real reason that both Frank Morano and his brother Nicholas... He doesn't spell it the Italian way. He spells it the Russian czar way. Chose Kauai, the island, part of Hawaii, in order to get married. Maybe somebody out there can preempt me and win a double Curtis Lee Booby Prize if they happen to have connected all the dots on that. one 800 848 
WABC. With crime running rampant in New York, you need to keep yourself and your family safe. Obtaining your concealed carry firearm licenses can be difficult and time-consuming. That's where MyFirstPistol.com comes in. They'll help you secure your concealed carry license. If you're looking for a pistol, premise, rifle, or shotgun license, call 347-559-7052. 347-559-7052. You must have a valid firearm license issued by the NYPD to purchase, possess, or shoot a handgun or pistol in NYPD. We are New York on New York's Talk Radio 77 WABC. Now, here's Frank Moran, the founder of the Guardian Angels. The group dedicated to fight crime. On the streets of New York and on the air right now, Curtis Lewa on 77 WABC. This is what Frank Morano is listening to at a tiki bar. In Oahu, as we speak, half in the bag, you know, drinking all those fruity drinks with the plastic umbrellas on them. You recognize the voice? Beautiful Kauai. Beautiful Kauai. Beautiful Kauai. Kauai is where the wedding will be. And it's calling, yes, calling to me. The great Don Ho. Beautiful Kauai. Kauai. Beautiful Kauai. Ah, we're getting closer, ladies and gentlemen. Don't go to sleep on me. We're going to go to the break of dawn at 5 o'clock. Right now, Frank Morano is going... Man, they spike those fruity drinks with the plastic umbrellas on them. They really do because of all the service guys there. You know, they... Yeah, man's man. You know, you got to make sure it's all alcohol, not Hawaiian punch. How many of you out there drink Hawaiian punch any longer, right? Frank Morano, one of the reasons he went to Hawaii was to find the last processing plant for Hawaiian punch. They don't make it here anymore. They make it on one of the islands, one of the six. And you can win a Curtis Lebo booby prize if you guess all six of those islands, and then I'll tell you where you can get the last, the last can, the last bottle of Hawaiian punch. Let's go to Linda in Poughkeepsie. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Linda. Hello, Curtis. I think we can do a daily double here. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, the big island is Hawaii. Yes, yes. The next door neighbor is Maui. Yes. Then is Lanai. Yes, wow. Then is Molokai. Yes. Then is Oahu. Mm-hmm. And far out is Kauai. And Kauai is the location for the Russian fort, oh. Elizabeth. Yes. Wow, you're really getting so close now. So close. It's on the southern shore down around Kahaka. Mm. And could he possibly be having his wedding at the fort or a nearby resort? No, Linda, you are correct. That is still a Russian fort. It has been there since 1744. When the Russians, because they needed a port uh, for their products and they needed a fueling station, 
were able to secure that in a deal with the uh, king. It wasn't part of the United States yet. And so there's that one little sliver they've maintained. Remember, at one time, uh, the Russians had both Alaska and Hawaii. They sold uh, both of them to us for like $7 million, Hawaii, and then $7 million, uh, Alaska. But they needed a fort and a port, and that continues to be Port Elizabeth. A lot of people say, well, how can that be? How can that be? And I say, you know, we're in Guantanamo in Cuba because of a treaty that we had with the old Cuban government. We're there for 100 years, even though there's a fence that separates us from Castro land, and there's nothing they can do about it. Likewise, there is a treaty with the United States going back to Teddy Roosevelt when he negotiated the peace. Remember the uh, Russian-Japanese war that the Japanese uh, won? Teddy Roosevelt got the Nobel Peace Prize for negotiating that, and he was able to give the Russians a permanent place where the ships could refuel in Hawaii, on the island of Kauai, in Fort Elizabeth, which they own to this day. You are well, you are amazing. You you connected all the dots, Linda. Well, there you go. <laughs> well, thank you. I want you to stay on the line. Uh-huh. Because, Linda, you've gotten us about 80% of the way there as to why Frank Morano and his brother Nicholas, who spells Nicholas not the Italian way but the Russian czarist way, uh, are having this wedding in Fort Elizabeth, on the island of Kauai, which is the only place that Russia has any longer. So, uh, uh, and remember the other night you were talking about Molokai. Yeah. That's where the leper colony was with Father Damien. I did not know that. There was a leper colony there? Yes, yes. And he was, I believe, a Belgian priest. And he, his assignment was to go to Molokai and work with the leper colony and he was there for many years but he himself eventually got leprosy and uh, that's what killed him i suppose and uh, think of how brave those men and women were to go into leper colonies because unfortunately those people who are suffering with leprosy were isolated were quarantined but people who didn't have leprosy would go in there, tend to their needs, make sure they were properly nourished, that they had clothes, uh, that they had proper food and water. And some of them would end up catching leprosy, and others were terrified. They wouldn't go anywhere near a leper colony. That's true. That's why they isolated them out there. And I believe there's still a historic site there. Yes, it is. And, in fact, uh, Linda, you stay on the line. You're entitled to a super spectacular Curtis Sliwa booby prize, the WABC hat uh, with the logo, not the Frank Morano show, Tough Nuggies, he's not here. When you're a slacker and a deadbeat, hey, you give up your time, you thought it was going to be the best of Frank Morano, think again. I hijacked the, uh, the hours from one to five. There won't be no best of programs here on WABC. It's either fresh or it doesn't get served at all. Like you go to a restaurant, do you want something that's fresh, a fresh piece of fish that you just got out of uh, Jamaica Bay? Ugh. Or do you want frozen Mrs. Paul's fish sticks? Your choice. Everything here at WABC, fresh, first cut. 
Our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. But interesting, there is the final piece to the puzzle of why Frank Morano first is in Oahu roaming the streets, probably being preyed upon by the ladies of the night who are everywhere in Honolulu, the capital city, where although prostitution is not legal, it is definitely decriminalized. And I fear for Frank because he says he can never say no. This is his mantra. You know, I feel bad because I can never say no. I hope he doesn't hook up because those uh, ladies of the night, they not only will steal your wallet, give you knockout drops, cut your, cut your pocket pants out, but your trousers will be down around your ankles when you wake up like a day uh, later, and oh, how embarrassing it'll be. I, I, I hope. I'm surprised, though, Matt. Frank Morano has talked about this woman as if she was the lady of Guadalupe, of politics, as if she was the blessed virgin mother Mary herself who is entitled to wear white all the time because of her purity. And I've heard him kvetch and moan and groan. She won't answer my calls. She won't come on this show. And yet politically, we're we're synergetic in terms of our view towards Vladimir Putin versus Zelensky, in terms of our view about globalism versus America first. He feels like politically he's partners with this woman. Very similar to how Shabu El Jefe Chris Christie is now all ginned up, all geeked up because Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band are going back on tour. They haven't been on tour since 2017. And he's all excited. He's been to like 193 of their concerts all over the world. But Bruce Springsteen, who he adores, disses and dismisses him, uh, uh, treats him like a piñata, gives him no respect whatsoever. So Shamu, El Jefe Chris Christie, is like a a masochist. I think it's the same thing here for Frank. He's tried desperately to get Tulsi Gabbard, a lady in white, the congresswoman, I think she's a lieutenant colonel in the National Guard there, has served our country admirably. Remember, ran in the Democratic race for the nomination to become president. And on that stage in Detroit, eviscerated Senator Harris. That was it for her after that. But he, he he wants Tulsi Gabbard on so bad that I think he's using that as an excuse to be there and then to see if she'll come over to Fort Elizabeth and have a meeting with Nicholas, who's pro-Putin, Frank, who's pro-Putin, and obviously Tulsi Gabbard, who's pro-Putin. See? It's the trifecta. It's the trinity, the troika. None of you have figured that out. But I know Frank Morano, who was my intern originally at WABC, then became producer of the morning show, became producer of my other shows. If there's anybody who knows Frank Morano, it's yours truly. And, I know some of you are calling now, and you are bombarding our telephone talent coordinator 
by begging, beseeching that Frank Morano not be forced to leave WABC and go to our sister station, the FM station out in Southampton, WLIR. Well, first off, FM stands for Frank Morano. Second of all, our new president, just appointed by John Katsimatidis of Red Apple Media, our parent company, is Frank McKay, who is the former chairman of the New York State Independence Party, is now president of Red Apple Media's Long Island Division, WLIR 107.1. Congratulations, Frank McCain. His orders from headquarters is Stimulate Live, an original programming for our FM station that's different at times than our AM station. So it's not, uh, it's not the same broadcast. It's not a simulcast. We already have a new shining star coming out of Staten Island. It's Vinnie Maduna. I mean, the guy is super spectacular. He is the future of radio here. There's no doubt Frank Morano was. He was the golden child. He was the untouchable. But we don't know how old Frank is. He refuses to tell us. He won't give his DNA, which makes him somewhat suspect. But Vinnie Maduro, yeah, no problems. Totally cooperating. We know how old he is. He's given his DNA. He's a teacher at Richmond High School on Staten Island in the shadow of Bayonne Bridge. He gets up. He performs. Uh, at our ratings uh, celebration at the Empire Steakhouse, uh, put on by John and Margot Katsimatidis, emceed by our general manager and capo di tutti, Chad Lopez. Then even Duno got up there and sang a wide variety of songs, a Bobby Vinton song. And then he did a rendition that was the equivalent of Jay Black of Jay and the Americans where he hit the high notes, the pipes were there, and everybody, they just, oh, my God, Jay Black is alive. Jay Black has recently passed away, but that guy, boy, he could hit those high soprano notes like nobody else, and that's Vinny Maduno. So, look, there's a new Staten Island kid at WABC. He's on not only Saturdays from 5 to 6 before his mentor, Cousin Brucey, from 6 to 10, and then it's Tony Orlando without Dawn from 10 to 12. And then it's yours truly, Curtis Sliwa, from midnight to 6. But he's now also on Sunday, 5 to 6, right before Jersey Joe Piscopo, who does two hours of Sinatra, uh, sponsored by Ramsey uh, Mazda. But I always say Subaru. Hey, you get your Mazda, your Subaru from there. And then it's uh, Dean Martin's uh, daughter, an hour of Dean Martin from Steubenville, Ohio. And then it's Curtis Sliwa again. You see, all weekend long, ABC always broadcasting Curtis. And I'm telling you, a lot of you are saying we cannot afford to lose Frank Morano on Staten Island. Yes, you can. You've got the new star. He's not on the horizon. He's here at WABC, discovered here by John Katzmatidis and Marco Katzmatidis of Red Apple Media. So it's time for Frank Morano to do reverse osmosis, move to Southampton, which is where Rachel was born and raised. She's a Long Island girl. She almost won a Pulitzer Prize out there when she was writing for Long Island News Day. A lot of you don't know that. She gave up a lot to come to Staten Island to move in and marry Frank Morano. So I think it's time. Frank Morano at WLIR. Frank McKay, the new president of Red Apple Media's Long Island Division, WLIR 107.1. And it fits Frank better because FM, Frank Morano. Do I need to make uh, it any plainer? Anyway, let's go to Mary Jane in Melville. Your turn to be heard here at WABC. Mary Jane. 
Hi, Curtis. I wanted to tell you, you never mentioned Pearl Street in Honolulu. That's where the military is told to stay away. And if they go, they go in pairs. Because I worked with the Navy Department, and my husband was in Hawaii for a year, and I stayed there. Now, Mary Jane, why does the military give out orders from headquarters that tell the servicemen and servicewomen to avoid, at all costs, strolling down Pearl Street? Because it's just like you said, they take care of you. They rob you. They drug you. In fact, one of the Navy men said two of his guys went, and they told not to leave without the other. He wouldn't leave, wouldn't leave, and they found him gone the next day. Well, they have not only uh, Native Hawaiians there, uh, but they have guys from Tonga who are huge and yeah. Samoa who are huge. And if they put their 24-inch pythons around the, your neck, uh, yeah. you're not going to be able to breathe. No, no. No, well, you're, you're very astute, Mary Jane. Now, your husband was assigned there for one year? He was there two years. He was drafted in 1964. So I was able to go there for one year, and then I came home, and then he was discharged a couple of months later. Now, you know the medics, uh, before the men, uh, are discharged uh, for leave, in which they go down to Pearl Street and other back alleys there in Honolulu to have a good time for R&R. You know the medics give them the blue soap. You know what the blue soap is. Uh, no, I, I think I know what it is. Oh, man, it's it's <laughs> caustic. It's toxic, but it kills everything. Okay. In, in fact, and I was there with Don Ho, too, when he was singing the marketplace. I don't know that you would remember that. Oh, wait a second. He was singing the Yes, the international marketplace. Oh, wow, Don Ho. How good was he live and in person? Very good. And then when he was at one of the hotels, he... Asked the people who knew him, and then he would be on the stage, and he would say, and there's Mary Jane from New York. It was very, very nice. This is the kind of performer that Frank Morano would adore, right? Yeah. And I'm telling you, right now, and you've been to tiki bars down there, right? Yep, yep. I've been to tiki bars down there, and let me tell you something. Those drinks, you think they water them down, Mary Jane? No. Because they want the servicemen to keep coming back and back. And the Japanese, who are like all over the island, even though they lost it, and the attack of Pearl Harbor. Strong drinks will bring them all back to the tiki bars, right? Yes, you're right. You're right. And right now, you know, Frank Morano is like a lush. He can't say no, you know, know. to a fifth, a sixth, a seventh. I guarantee you they're playing Don Hole's songs right there in the jukebox. And Frank Morano is on his back, knocked out, just trying to lip sync the Don Ho songs. Ah, <laughs> uh, this is the beautiful I, I Kawhi tell story. You one more thing. Yes, yes, Mary Jane. I, I worked with Don Schultz. He always mentioned you. Do you remember him? Oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah, he said, you know, he would speak with you. He passed away, but he was a little older than me. I worked with him. He was my boss, Department of the Navy. Let me ask you a question, Mary Jane. Uh, yes. And anybody ever mistake you for Rick James, Mary Jane girls? No. <laughs> Never? No, no. I'm sure in your time in your prime, you could have competed with any of Rick James's Mary Jane girls. Absolutely. You think so? Oh, all right. I'll take that compliment. Oh, there's no doubt. Rick James, uh, I'll never forget seeing him up in Orchard Park 
It's when I was starting the Guardian Angels in Buffalo. That's the suburb outside of Buffalo. Well, I remember you from Bayside because I'm originally from Flushing. Oh, oh yeah, Bayside. There was a time there during the Fifth Avenue, yeah. Yeah, during the crime wave. That if you lived in Bayside in the eighties. Uh, the only way you knew you were a veteran of Bayside is if your cars had been robbed at least three times in front of your house. They did it to my son. My father said, don't wake him up. Don't wake him up because he'll go out angry. <laughs> true. But and typical true. typical resident of Bayside, Whitestone at that time in the mean 80s of the crack cocaine epidemic in yeah. which cars were being broken into and stolen and taken to chop shops on a regular basis – you knew they were a veteran of Bayside or Whitestone College Point if, in fact, they had had at least three cars stolen of theirs in front of their own house. Yeah. And oh. then one day I was taking my son to school, and they had big nails by the tires that you start the car and go over it. He said, Mom, what is that? It used to be a beautiful place, but now it's so changed. Yes, yes. But uh, to all those folks out there, Mary Jane, I owe them the fact that... I was one of the places that supported me recently for the mayoralty against uh, the swagger man who has no plan to deal with crime, Eric Adams. You're not going to want to miss that coming up. He has a new gun violence czar. Uh, The resume, the guy did time for manslaughter. And the Department of Investigation said he was misappropriating city funds. So I guess in the Eric Adams administration, that makes you five-star top shelf and qualified to rip off the taxpayers. By the way, he also has said, because snitches get stitches and end up in ditches, we don't rat any of our brothers and sisters out to the cops. The cops want to talk to us, we don't talk to them. Wow, that's going to make a great gun violence czar. You, you don't even deal with the cops. Hey, leave it to Eric Adams. I, I will give credit where credit is due. He went to uh, Club Zero Bond tonight, downtown Manhattan. He checked in at 115, the rats told me, and he had left by 148. Hey, that's pretty good. Normally he's there for like two hours. You know, hanging out with the TikTok girls, trying to keep up with the Kardashians. Whatever happens in the Zero Bond Club, it's a private club, stays in the club. And people know if you want access to the new mayor, you can wine him, dine him, and pocket line him at Club Zero Bond. The one time I tried to go, they bum-rushed me and made sure I couldn't get through the door. We'll have you arrested. I said, let me tell you something. You rules. Nobody gets arrested in New York City now. Even if you murdered somebody, nobody gets arrested. By the way, speaking of getting arrested, I guess per the uh, New York Rangers taking on the Tampa Lightning, a Ranger fan came to the aid of somebody who was being assaulted on the E train. He had out his uh, autograph linguist hockey stick, goalie stick, And the thug took the goalie stick away from the guy who intervened, who was a good Samaritan, and then went kabong to the good Samaritan. Kabong, kabong, kabong. Unfortunately, crime triumphs here in New York City 2022. Let's go to Sue in Flushing. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Sue. Yeah, I want to speak to Curtis. I love him. I love him. Curtis, all my neighbors love you. We all love you, Curtis. We all love you. Well, thank you. Thank you, Sue. We Uh, really do. So happy that you're on. I learned so much from you. So happy. 
Well, so I'm telling you, Sue, you have to do me a favor in return for all this. Are you ready to do me this favor? It's a big favor, a very big I favor. Know. I don't know, but I'll try. Okay. It's very important, Sue. I need more rats out there writing out what Frank Morano says Monday through Fridays from 1 to 5, five mornings a week. I can't listen to all the shows. At times, I'm in the subways with the Guardian Angels. The crime is skyrocketing there. I don't have time to go to the podcast, which any of you can. If you can't uh, hear it in appointment radio, you get it on the podcast at WABCradio.com, and then you rat them out. You eat the Parmesan cheese. Up next, capitalism that it would make you a socialist and a communist, truly. How many years did you guys or gals out there flee to Vegas for a quickie marriage and then a quickie divorce and an omen? You used to be able to get two sometimes on the same trip. And many of you chose the Elvis impersonators at the various Elvis uh, churches around Vegas to get married in. Remember Dennis Rodman? Oh, yeah, he did it. Remember uh, Britney Spears? She did it. I think she got an annulment from that in like 55 hours. But some capitalist monster who purchased the right, the trademark and copyright to Elvis has said there'll be no more Elvis marriages unless we get our cut of the action. It's like Paul Ivario in Goodfellas, remember? Hey, you have a new silent partner. It's Paulie. You got a problem? Deal with Paulie. But then when Paulie is finished extorting the money out of the business, he's going to torch it for the insurance money. And guess what? There's nothing you could do about it. Nothing. This is The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. New York's talk station with the king of New York. Curtis Lewa, 77 WABC. was my wedding song to my wife Nancy five years ago when we were married on this day in Howe Caverns, upstate in New York, in a cave where upstairs there were more cows than people. But this was the song, Pump It Up.
This is The Keeper, ladies and gentlemen. I know many of you have followed my trials and tribulations as a serial marrier, but it ends all here because she is the absolute best that I could ever have hoped for or imagined. But now, for all of you, this was the wedding song that I chose, Dancing with My Wife Nancy, Dozens of feet underground in the Howe Caverns, upstate New York, where above ground there were more cows than people. The benefit was it was nice and cool in the caverns and the caves, and it was hotter than hell above ground. Because that was the time of year, June, in which I believe on that day it reached about 102 degrees in the shade. But it'll be a day I will never forget. The best thing that I ever did in my life, best thing out of the many good things I've done, was marry Nancy at the time, Regula. But who is the one-hit wonder singer of this song? Because it is a one-hit wonder. I mean, it dominated the charts. I remember when I first heard it, I said, wow, this is, this is a great song. We're not talking bubblegum, top 40 pop. Guys and gals will like this song. Who was the one-hit wonder who sang this song? Imagine you're watching VH1 right now. Who is the one-hit wonder? You knew Frank Morata. I had no idea who this person is. He was digging Don Ho there. You know, that was more his speed. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. If you know who sang this great song, Never Gonna Give You Up, my choice of our wedding song in honor of my wife, Nancy, you will win a Curtis Lee booby prize. Don't ask, don't tell. I throw nickels around like uh, manhole covers. Uh, previously, I would have sent you belly button lint, hermetically sealed in an envelope. It would have gone to you COD, sucker, I mean uh, recipient, and you would have had to pay cash on delivery. But no... The Department of Health of the City of New York and Chelsea has said, no, uh, you are violating uh, rules and regulations of our health code. For all we know, your belly button link could have STDs, uh, sexually transmitted diseases, and I've assured them I never in my 68 years ever got a letter from the Board of Health, like some of you guys and gals out there. Ah! That's right. We have to do contact tracing now. Uh, which people have you uh, had the urge to merge with of late? We need to know their names. We have to track them down because we have to inject them with penicillin, the friend of all those who have sexually transmitted diseases like syphilis. Ah! Remember what it did to Al Capone, huh? Our number is 1-800-848-9222. But before we discuss my marriage... And that disgraziata, that shanda, as they have eliminated all Elvis weddings in Las Vegas because of greed. Matt, it's my turn to do denunciations, declinations, and denouncements. Frank Murano, uh did it Thursday morning. Supposed to be done Friday mornings. He didn't want me to be able to do it. Well, guess what? The first one I denounce is Frank Morano. The Other Side of Midnight presents Denunciations. 
It's denunciations, declinations, and denouncements when it comes to Curtis. I always do things in three. The Trinity, the Troika, the Trifecta. First one that I denounce, and I do this with a lot of passion. Queen Elizabeth, her platinum jubilee. Seventy years she's been on the throne. And some of you prostate yourself to a Oh, let me curtsy to Queen Elizabeth. Let me bow. Let me kiss her hand. Don't kiss my hand, you normal simpleton. What are you, crazy? She's the biggest welfare queen in the world. Biggest welfare. She lives off of the, the schmucks who pay their taxes in the U.K. and in the Commonwealth. How ridiculous. So I denounce Queen Elizabeth. I denounce the royal family, especially the black sheep of the... I can't say that about Mer- Meghan Merkel, right? Merkel, Merkel, whatever. Uh, that might be considered racist. Uh, against the outliers of the royal family, Meghan Markle and Prince Harry, who have returned to the palace in order to play with the grandchildren. They've been received by Queen Elizabeth. I denounce them. And the one I denounce the most is Randy Andrew. That's the guy with STDs, no doubt about it, hanging out with Jeffrey Epstein, right? And they claim, oh, he's got COVID-19. Now, yeah, yeah, sure, sure, sure. A pox on all of the royal family. That's denunciation number two. Who is number one? Frank Morano, of course. Uh, my third denunciation, declination, and denouncement is of all New York City sports reporters. Oh, they all think they're so bright and wise and witty. Uh, at the fan, at ESPN. Oh, I know what you're saying, Matt. Oh, you're upset because you were fired at ESPN years ago by uh, <laughs> Tim McCarthy. That's right. I did Yankee Met Talk right after Water Wolf did mornings on Saturdays. And because I was maligning Bud Sillick, who was the um, owner of the Milwaukee Brewers but was wearing high waters and had that bad rug on his head but was Major League Baseball commissioner, the boys in Bristol said, McCarthy, either Sliwa goes or you're going to have to find another way to feed all of your kids. Because as an Irishman, you don't believe in birth control, do you? So, you know, it got fired. But I digress here. I uh, lambaste, I lampoon all the New York City sports reporters who have been in the clubhouse at Madison Square Garden for the victorious Rangers in game number one against the prevailing Stanley Cup champions, the Tampa Lightning. Not one of these reporters have asked the goalie for the uh, Rangers. Not the big Swede Lundqvist, although so many of these Ranger fans, what do they have, throwback Lundqvist jerseys? Don't they realize Igor is the goalie? And then what about for the uh, Stanley Cup champion uh, Tampa Lightning? Oh, that's Vasilevsky, another Russian. So you would think both these guys played on the Russian national team. They probably have vodka together, do vodka shots. And none of these reporters have asked them the question that anybody would have asked them. Do you support Putin? Do you think Putin is right for invading the Ukraine? Why are they protecting Igor and Vasilevsky? Ask the question. They won't let me in the clubhouse because I hate, I loathe. I despise Jimmy Dolan. Let me denounce, do a declination and a uh, denunciation of Jimmy Dolan, born on third base, 
wears black all day, cannot chew gum and think at the same time, and is the owner of the Rangers and Knicks, Madison Square Garden, and Radio City Musical, where he pays no property taxes. More denunciations, declinations, and denouncements. Jada Pinkett Smith. No, I'm not saying anything about her chrome dome. Nothing at all. But her podcast, Red Table Talk, uh, just within this past day, she said, look, boys will be boys. Will Smith and um, his adversary. Notice she said his adversary. I thought it was Will Smith who pimp slapped Chris Rock. Uh, They'll sit down. They'll resolve their differences. Boys will be boys. And where will they resolve their differences? On the Red Table Talk podcast. So that it could be the thriller in Manila, Ali versus Frazier round two. I denounce you, Jada. And also for being a Scientologist. I know you are. Don't lie. And then I denounce WABC. TV, that is. Eyewitness News, psych. You thought I was going to denounce my mothership connection here? 770 AM WABC, the number one news talk station in the nation. Psych. Not at all. I denounce WABC Eyewitness News because every time I watch it, it's like milk toast. What are they, models? Every guy on there, every gal is like a, a model, or they look like they came from Idaho where there are more potatoes than people, or Iowa where there are more pigs than people. I want my old eyewitness news that I grew up with in the 60s. With Al Primo, who put together the best lineup ever in news broadcasting, where you had whites, blacks, Jews, Latinos with personality who acted like New Yorkers. Geraldo Rivera. Bill Butel. Remember Bill Butel, 30 years, the anchor there? He actually uh, had a colostomy bag. I know you're saying, what do I need to know that for? Because he came over to WABC radio when I got shot five times with hollow point bullets on the orders of John Gotti Sr. and John Gotti Jr. and the friends of Frank Morano, the Gambino crime family. And he he said to me, I hear you uh, wear a colostomy bag. I said, hush, hush. He goes, I've been wearing a colostomy bag for 20 years. Let me tell you how to operate it. And when you're in a meeting that you want to end el rapido, just pop that colostomy bag. Everybody will say, what the hell died in here? And they'll go running for the hills. Then there was the great John Johnson, remember the African-American reporter in 1972, who had originally been a teacher in the Blackboard Jungles public school system of New York, who every mutt, every scale wanted to turn himself into and go live on Eyewitness News. And Roseanne Scamardella, who could forget? She was the first woman to anchor news in New York City. And it was Gilda Radner, remember, on Saturday Night Live, who did the bid off of her, Roseanne, Roseanne, whatever. Like that favorite song of uh, Frank Morano, what the hell was he humming to himself the other day? From the Monkees, I forget the name of that song. Then there was Melba Tolliver, who refused to put... The schmata on her head, she had that fro, that gorgeous fro. She said, I'm not putting a schmata on my head. Let everybody see my fro. I'm black and I'm proud. And Al Primo allowed that. And then there was the Yenta of all Yentas, Rona Barrett, remember? And then uh, 
Then the anchor, Roger Grimsby, who was half in the bag all the time. How can we ever forget the guy who gave us the weather, Tex Antoine? Well, he got a briss. I want my old eyewitness news back. Al Primo, if you're still alive out there, I know you came from Pittsburgh, but you created the best local news show that we've ever had. Look at what we have now. I look at these people, I say, are they real or are they just mannequins? Anyway, more denunciations, uh, declinations, and just disparagements. To Aaron Judge, oh, you're leading the major leagues in home runs. But you'll pull a muscle. That's bound to happen because you're all roided up. I denounce you for denouncing Josh Donaldson, who uh, was pulling the strings of Tim Anderson, the White Sox shortstop, by saying, hey, Jackie, Jackie, Jackie. And then you, Aaron Judge, agreed with the mob, with Tony La Russa, that I thought for sure that guy should uh, be retired. The guy, remember, who didn't know the difference between steroids and St. Joseph's baby aspirins when Mark McGuire and Conseco were saying, no, 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 coach, it's St. Joseph's baby aspirins. We're not roided up. The Bash brothers, how dare he accuse Josh Donaldson of being a racist. And by the way, Josh Donaldson, do you really believe he had COVID-19 like Prince Andrew? Come on. It was very convenient. Is there anyone else I could denounce? I could go on with denouncements. Oh, yeah. And we're going to talk about this in the next hour. I denounced the gun violence are appointed by Mayor Eric Adams, the swagger man who has no plan to deal with violence. His only plan is to get to the White House. But, hey, Eric, if you keep going in this direction, with your staff putting their beaks in the trough, you're going to end up going to the big house in chains and shackles. <laughs> I denounce. The new gun violence czar, who's from East New York, and by the way, who on his resume did time for manslaughter, and actually he said, I didn't do it. Yeah, sure. Like everybody in the joint. <laughs> Extortion. Taking city money, Department of Investigation said, hey, how come you have on salary your daughter at 60000 and your son at 30000 Nepotism, nepotism, nepotism. I denounce the both of you. The gun violence czar, and of course, the swagger man with no plan, Eric Adams. Who would have ever thought that after five months, we have more crime under Eric Adams than we ever had under Comrade Bill de Blasio, the part-time mayor, the dope from Park Slope, who once again wants to take a Miley Cyrus wrecking ball as the new congressman in the 10th Congressional District and destroy America after he destroyed New York City. Uh, I think I've had it with my denunciations, declinations, and denouncements. By the way, did I denounce uh, Frank Morano? I did. Well, I want to denounce him a second time. Uh, let's go back to the blazing phones here on WABC as yours truly, Curtis Lee, has housed the Frank Morano show. Uh, I have, he's been Wally Pipped. I'm Lou Gehrig. Everybody knows that in the business of radio, I don't take a day off. I'm like the Iron Man Lou Gehrig. Put rustoleum on me, right? You're not gonna you're not gonna get any rust off of me. I'm like the energizer bunny. I just keep going on and on and on. Anyway, let's go to Ann who's calling from Manhattan. Your turn to be heard here at WABC Ann. 
Hi, good morning, Curtis. Okay, uh, Rick Astley is the singer who sang that song. Absolutely. Yeah. Could, I, could, could I hear that? Because this was the wedding song that I chose that we played down. Oh, my God. People couldn't believe this. We were down in that the Howe Caves, the caverns upstate where there are more cows than people. It was hotter than hell above ground. It was 60 degrees below ground in the caves. And my wife, Nancy, looked at me and said, wow, what a great wedding song. I said, no, it's a one-hit wonder. I figure, hey, it was good for one thing. My wedding song, right, in? Absolutely. He did do another song, though, after that, Together Forever, which is apropos for your wedding as well. Is it that good? Is it that good? No, Together Forever, it, it wasn't as good as this song, but it wasn't bad. Oh, well, I got to listen to it. Because I'm telling you, I got hooked on this song a long time ago. And when I asked uh, Nancy to marry me and she said yes, and I was shocked, surprised. I say, hey, you know, I'm just a hot mess. I haven't been uh, successful with any of my marriages. And she said, I know, I know. But, you know, this one, it's going to be a keeper. And it is, oh, I got to hear that song. This is Together Forever. So, Anne, on behalf of you, I am uh, making a second dedication five years uh, later. This uh, fifth anniversary to my beautiful wife, Nancy. Uh, Together Forever, right? That's right, the second hit. Let's hear it. It's just as good as never going to give you up. Thank you, Ann. Stay on the line. You're going to get your Curtis Lee booby prize. Don't ask, don't tell. You'll be rocking that WABC cap with Curtis, Curtis Lee show on it. And if ever those enemies of society surround you, nefariously threaten you to harm you, one hair on your head, you let them know. I know this guy, Curtis. <laughs> He is America's number one vigilante, just like the documentary about him. He will track you down until the ends of time. Okay, Ann? Love it, Curtis. Thank you. Happy anniversary. Thank you. Thank you. All right. All right. Uh, What is this? uh, Program profiteer, uh, whatever they call you, a phone screener. Oh, telephone talent coordinator, according to uh, Frank Morano. What has got? Can I have a little bit of that? I didn't know. What was, yeah, what's the name of that song again? Wow. Together forever. Oh, I dedicate this to Nancy, my beautiful wife, from "Throw Your Guns" by Onyx. No, no, no. No, that's for the swagger man who has no plan. There we got it. That's my homie side. That's from the hood. That's the hood rat song. Are these not two great songs? Yeah. Oh, I dedicated to Nancy.
by the way, was the star of the Animal Welfare Hour, exclusive to WABC, out of the many hours that I do in which the acronym stands for Always Broadcasting, Curtis. There were more people calling, more requests for the Animal Welfare Hour, which is 11 or 12 on Sunday night, before I have to deal with the barrier, Dominic Carter, as the week of broadcasting starts all over again. Ah, what a great song. What a great song. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Well, let's get back uh, to the interesting um, trials and tribulations that I had to jump through the hoops in order to get married to Nancy. So I asked her to marry me. She said, I do, I do. And I figured, let me do this quickly before she had second thoughts and says, what a hot mess you are, Sliwa. You're a serial marrier. None of your marriages have worked out. So uh, before she could think about it twice, I said, let's go down to the city clerk's office in Manhattan for 35 bucks. Boom. You get a marriage certificate and you don't have to take a blood test any longer. Uh, Can anybody answer me out there with all these socially transmitted diseases, with all the problems that we have with COVID and all the variants, with the monkey pox and legionnaire's disease and everything we're plagued with in the city now, how come you can get married and not have to take a blood test? That always used to be the norm. I mean, as many times as I've been married, I mean, uh, I felt like a pincushion at one point. Our number is 1-800-848-WABC. How come there's no blood test any longer? 1-800-848-WABC. So we went down to the uh, city clerk's uh, office downtown on Worth Street, right in the shadows of the state Supreme Court and the municipal building. And we're online, and I said to the guy, uh, no, actually it was a gal first, uh, we're here for a marriage license. I understand that uh, we could apply for it today. We could fill it out, and we're good to go. We could get married uh, within a day. She says, hey, that's correct. So we sat on the side. We did the paperwork. Nancy was very uh, easy. It was like one marriage, right? This is it. First marriage. Me, it gave me volume after volume I had to fill out. Uh, you know, it's like, uh, when were you married? Who were you married to? Where did the divorce take place? And so I, I, I gave, as best as I knew, all the information. I gave it to this woman who was like Nurse Ratchet. You know, she had that smile turned upside down into a frown. And she said, not good enough. You can't get married. And I said, are you kidding? Look at all these people behind us with their mail-order brides, right? These fake marriages. They probably paid these women 5000 or 30000 or vice versa so that they could be hooked up a fake fugazi uh, wedding in a year's time, they'll file for divorce, and then one party or the other party who's ever illegal will have a green card, and then they'll be able to live the American life. They were like parading past us. I said, they can't even speak English, huh? These are arranged marriages. Watch what you're saying. You know, you're being very xenophobic here. Xenophobic? Give me my freaking marriage license. Not until we have all your previous marriage licenses and all the certified divorces. I said, well, the first one should be easy. I was married to Corinne Drayton. We got divorced up in the Bronx. We It lasted only one year. She was too young. I was too young. She discovered Jacoby. I discovered uh, Myers. 
Uh, we had no assets. We both went uh, our, our own way. We went in peace. Uh, we, there was no animus, no angst. So where's the paperwork? The, the, the clerk goes, could I see your superior? And so then this guy comes out, this uh, African-American guy wearing a bow tie. Now, there is nothing in this world that you can do to piss me off more than to wear a bow tie. I don't trust anybody who wears a bow tie. I don't trust Screwy Louis Farrakhan. I don't trust commentator George Will, uh, Pee Wee Herman, anybody who wears a, wears a bow tie. To, I saw him, and it's like I was eye-fornicating him, mad-dogging him, and he felt that. And he goes, Mr. Sleeler, you better watch your P's and Q's. If you don't have the appropriate paperwork, you can't get married. I said, what about all these mail-order brides and these fake marriages behind us? These people can't even speak English. Did you ask them for their papers? We are not permitted to ask them for any documentation because they are undocumented aliens. What do you mean? And what am I, a citizen? I pay my taxes. You have to provide documentation. So my wife, Nancy, at that point realized that I was having an anger management meltdown, of which I've had many, and that we might never get married. In fact, I might actually be locked up in the nearby tombs. And back then, you would actually get locked up as opposed to now. You get a disappearance ticket. You could kill somebody, stab somebody, rape somebody, and you never do any jail time. So she convinced me, let me come back a second day. I'll take care of this because she's very uh, meticulous. She went two times, three times, four times. She went up to the Bronx. She went to Brooklyn. She went to all the boroughs that I had lived at one time where I had been married and the boroughs that I had gotten divorced in. And slowly but surely, she put all the paperwork together. And then we went back to the city clerk's office at Worth Street. And we had all the paperwork and that same curmudgeon woman that... That, that female clerk was looking at, oh, I see you got your paperwork. Oh, this is all appropriate. And then who came out? Mr. Bowtie. Let me see that for myself. Took about an hour going through it all. My wife said, Curtis, I don't want to have to give you liquid Prozac to calm you down, which I've had to do times before. But just bite your tongue. I got it. I got everything we needed. And then after three hours, all you heard was stamp, 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 stamp. And I said, let's get the hell out of here. The next thing you know, we're up in those caves, upstate New York. Man, there were more cows than people up above ground. What a great marriage. Anyway, our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. When we return, this is a double udiscraziata. This is a double shanda. This is when capitalism oversteps itself. How many years have you people gone for quickie marriages and for a while they're quickie divorces? I know you could get a quickie divorce in Mexico City and the DR before no-fault divorce. But for years, if you wanted to get hooked up, a quick marriage, you went to Vegas and you went to a church in which you had a Elvis Presley impersonator marry you. A lot of infamous people, famous people did that, and then realized uh, once they sobered up that it was time to get an annulment, and they almost got an annulment as fast as they got their marriage certificate. But the point is, it's all over. It's all over. If you want to get married by an Elvis impersonator in Las Vegas, 
There's extortion going on. I'm going to explain. This is the evil side of capitalism. WABC. This is The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morocco. He knows New York. He is New York. Cred that the others don't have. Curtis Lewa. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Bright light said it gonna set my soul, gonna set my soul on fire. Got a whole lot of money that's ready to burn, so get those stakes up higher. There's a thousand pretty women waiting out there. They're all living the devil may care. And I am just a devil with love and spare. So Viva Las Vegas. Viva Las Vegas. How I wish that there were ah, the classic by Elvis. In the day. By the way, who was in that film with Elvis Presley? I had a massive crush on her. In fact, if you look at her today, she is drop dead gorgeous. Nah, who's ready to get your Curtis Lee movie prize? Who uh, starred with uh, Elvis in Viva Las Vegas? Our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. This maybe is what I call the dark side of capitalism. You know where it's, uh, you call supply side, demand, supply. Over the years, how many people have specifically eloped to go to Vegas to get a quickie marriage? Where generally they ended up in some church, some makeshift church along the strip with a Elvis impersonator, signed, sealed, and delivered, they were married. I can remember, what was it, 20 years ago? Oh, my God. That was the craziest one. (laughs) Remember Carmen Electra, who at that time was like a drop-dead gorgeous actress with uh, Baywatch? She's seen better days. And who did she have a quickie marriage with in Vegas? The best friend of the evil seed of Kim Jong, mentally ill behind the kimchi curtain of North Korea, Dennis Rodman, last seen outside of St. Patrick's Cathedral on a Harley in a full white wedding dress. Is he freaky deaky or what? By the way, I talked to the owner and operator of the uh, San Antonio Spurs. Italian guy. He's a banker down there. In fact, his wife... uh, his wife owned a whole bunch of uh, franchise uh, sandwich joints, uh, you know, Subway sandwich joints. She actually believed that crap when that guy, that pedophile on a pedestal, said he lost like 200 pounds eating a Subway sandwich every day, morning, noon, and night. I said, you believe that crap? She goes, well, you know, I have a lot of the... <laughs> I have a lot of these Subway sandwich shops, so I got to believe it. Turned out that guy turned out to be a uh, a pedophile on a pedestal. What am I talking about? Mr. Indiana. I think he went to uh, Bobby Knight's Indiana University, if I remember correctly. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. 
The Curtis Lee uh, trivia is flying fast and furiously, unlike Frank Morano. He doesn't do trivia because he says it doesn't lead to conversation. I say it opens up a world of conversation. That's the difference between Curtis Lee, who's us and we, and Frank Morano, who's one of the biggest talk show hosts and hostesses, talking about I and me. Uh, very special programming note. Uh, by next Friday, Frank Morano should be back from Oahu where he will have uh, been uh, at the marriage uh, of his brother Nicholas, spelled the way the Russian czar did, uh, at Fort Elizabeth with, um, oh, God, the woman that he is just so in love with who will not give him an interview, the lady in white. She, uh, she is avoiding him, Tulsi Gabbard. Remember who eviscerated Vice President Harris on that debate stage in Detroit when she was running for the Democratic nomination to be president. I understand Nicholas and Frank and Tulsi Gabbard will be in Fort Elizabeth in Kauai, which is owned by Vladimir Putin. It's owned by the Russians the same way we own Gitmo on Cuba. They own Fort Elizabeth. And I understand they'll be having a conference call with Vlad to uh, dispute all the uh, rumors. He's got cancer, brain cancer. He's got Parkinson's disease. He's going to die in a month. He's going to die in a year. This guy's going to live to the ends of time. You believe all this CIA criminal in action propaganda that they put? Oh, he's dead. He said, yeah, what about those weapons of mass destruction in Iraq? You still looking for them? They will never believe the CIA criminals in action. But you see, it caused me to die this, ladies and gentlemen, is a double udiscratiare, a double ushanda. How many years have people gone for a quickie marriage? They eloped to Vegas without telling anybody. They were standing before a Elvis Presley lookalike in some chapel, got a quickie marriage, and like uh, Carmen Electra and Dennis Rodman, although I think... Um, Carmen Electra got a annulment uh, because she claimed she was had an unsound mind at the time she married Dennis Rodman, which I would agree. In like nine days, you could do that in Vegas. Then remember Britney Spears? She married this guy, Alexander. No, he was not one of uh, the Mickey Mouse uh, uh, Mouseketeers. And it was in a little white wedding chapel with a, again, a uh, Elvis imitator. Uh, that lasted 55 hours, and Britney Spears had an annulment. You know, the annulments of the Catholic Church, those bogus annulments, the very thing that Martin Luther uh, put those uh, indulgences on the door of the Roman Catholic Church and say, you can't buy your way into heaven. You can't buy your way out of a marriage. But, hey, Joe Kennedy II did, right? Married 12 years, had two sons, uh, part of the Kennedy clan. When all of a sudden the Vatican said, hey, we got to reverse it. But we're not going to give you your money back. They never do. They never do. Oh, I digress. So for all these years, one of the attractions of Vegas was the quickie marriage with Elvis and the quickie divorce or annulment that followed. How many of you were actually uh, beneficiaries of both? <laughs> The marriage and the annulment. 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. But then all of a sudden, a swarm of cease and desist letters were sent to all these 
people using Presley's name, likeness, voice image, other elements of Elvis Presley's persona in advertisements, merchandise, otherwise. The letter also said Elvis, Elvis Presley, and the king of rock and roll are protected trademarks. And my little pretty, we own it all, lock, stock, and barrel. Now, if you want to do an Elvis impersonation, a live performance, a show, you want to do a marriage, it's no problem. You just got to give us a cut of the action. Half. That's what you call extortion. That's what Paulie Vario, capo of the Lucchese crime family, did in Goodfellas. And then when he was finished with the business, he torched the joint for the insurance money. Wow, this is really bad. You know what was worse? You talk about, uh, we talk about the arranged marriage, you know, that I had to watch all those, uh, those, uh, those uh, fake phony fugazi marriages down at the city clerk's office that I knew were fake simply so that somebody could get a green card in citizenship. Does anybody ever remember the uh, marriage uh, of Lisa Marie Presley to Michael Jackson, the pedophile on a pedestal? What did that last, like, one year? They got married. They were all in black in Vegas. Oh, no, it wasn't Vegas. They got married in the DR. It was one of those quickie marriages, and I figured it would be a quickie divorce. I, I, I think they got separated and then divorced like a year later. And by the way, while we're at it, when, when the daughter of uh, Elvis's uh, wife, Lisa Marie Presley got married to Michael Jackson. Where was Bubbles the chimp? Was he holding the ring? I mean, and by the way, whatever happened to Bubbles? It's like we never, ever heard from Bubbles again. Bubbles was a fixture for all those years. God. And the only guy to get married more than me, I think, was Nicolas Cage, right? Because he ended up marrying Lisa Marie, right? And I think divorced after like 100 days. What is wrong with Nicolas Cage? Uh, you see, I'm, I'm digressing here. Let me get to the uh, phones right here. <laughs> uh, let's go to Julie, who's calling all the way from Boston. Your turn to be heard here on WABC, Julie. Hi, Curtis. I want to answer your trivia question. It was Ann Margaret who starred with Elvis Presley in Viva Las Vegas. Oh, absolutely. And boy, did I have a crush on Ann Margaret. Oh, yeah, she was gorgeous. She was married for over 40 years to Roger Smith. Let me tell you something. That would not have interfered with me going after Ann Margaret. I met her in Las Vegas. And I got to tell you, that's a woman who aged well. Absolutely drop-dead gorgeous, Ann-Margaret. Oh, let me tell you this. There's um, a doctor in Boston, and, um, you know, he does facelifts. I I can't think of what you call the type doctor. You know, a plastic surgeon. And he has a picture of Bridget Bardot in his office. And he says to his women customers, this is what happens to you if you don't keep up with yourself. Mm. Bridget Bardot did not, you know, she doesn't look very good anymore. She was gorgeous. She was so beautiful, but she hasn't aged well. Right, but Bridget Bardot, remember, was the animal rights activist. You cannot harm a hair 
on a dog or a cat's head. Anyway, you stay there, Julie. Uh, you're entitled to your Curtis Lewa booby prize. You notice how many more booby prizes fly out the door with the Curtis Lewa, the other other side of midnight, than they do with Frank Morano, who acts like he's got to pay for it all, like he's got to get a payday loan. Oh, that's right. They're illegal here in New York. So, yeah, he's got to go to his friends of the Gambino crime family and sort of pay a big vig. Anyway, let's go to Pete. Uh, hold on a second. Let's go to Mike. Mike in the Keystone State of Pennsylvania. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Mike. All right. Hey, Curtis. You know how Frank Morano always talks about Atlantic City and trying to snore free dinners and free drinks and all that? Well, he does it again all the time. Now it's Las Vegas, and it's the Mob Museum. He's been there twice. Ask him if he ever paid for it the second time. The first time he got in, he liked it. He said, oh, I, you could spend all day there. He probably didn't, but he said he liked it so much he went back. Now, how many people would really go to Las Vegas to look at a mob museum? Only a mob wannabe like Frank. Well, you know, it's interesting. Uh, you did say that he went one time, then he said it was so good he couldn't uh, end up seeing all the exhibits, so he went a second time. He can't wait till he goes to see it a third time, right? He, I don't know about the third time, but he said he saw it a second time. He'd like to see, he recommended people see it more than once, which I think that's another thing. He probably got in free because he mentioned it on the radio. He likes to do that kind of stuff. Yeah, he likes to schnor sh- free things. He's like the old timers right. in talk radio. They always schnored stuff. That's right. He's a schmoozer and a schnorer. <laughs> well, let me tell you something. Uh, he knows the former mayor of Vegas, whose wife is now the mayor. It's like a tag team, Oscar Goodman, who used to represent mobsters choking on their lobsters uh, in Philadelphia and Atlantic City. Uh, he was the go-to uh, lawyer for the mob uh, uh, Bruno, Scarfa, all those guys, and he went to Las Vegas. He's the one who coined uh, the statement, whatever happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. He became uh, uh, very good friends with Frank Morano. In fact, Frank Morano came to me and he goes, look, on behalf of Oscar Goodman, do you think we could get the bloody shirt that the uh, police took from you after you got shot up with five hollow-point bullets on the orders of John Gotti Sr. to John Gotti Jr. and the Gambino crime family? And the baseball bat that uh, Stephen Kaplan, uh, Mikey McLaughlin, and Ruggiero hit you with. How do you like that? Frank wanted all this stuff for free. Wow. In order, to, in order to put it in the mob museum so that he could sort of do a quid pro quo with the former mayor there, Oscar Goodman, who is now in charge of the Mob Museum. And do you know how they get subsidized, Mike? Do you know how the Mob Museum gets subsidized? I don't know. Federal money. Oh, great. I mean, the federal federal government spends money to bust mobsters through the FBI forever busting Italians. And now we're giving this guy, Oscar Goodman, millions of dollars to run the Mob Museum. Why? Well, you know it's Nevada. Remember remember the last U.S. senator who was on his treadmill? He was featured in Casino 
with Robert uh, Robert De Niro. Remember, he was yeah. the U.S. senator who claimed that he was investigating mob, even though he was being paid off by the mob. Harry Reid. Remember, Harry Reid said, oh, I fell off of the treadmill. And remember, he had banged up nose and eyes and jaw. Well, the mob beat him up. He wouldn't say that. And then if you notice, he gave up being majority leader of the U.S. Senate. And we ended up with the schmuck to putz, Chuck E. Cheese Schumer. You know the rest of the story. And now he's passed into the hereafter. Wow. So, wow. yeah, he would always funnel money to Oscar Goodman, Harry Reid. He was the majority leader. Remember, majority leader, minority leader of the Democrats for years would funnel federal dollars there to subsidize a mob museum. And that's what Frank Morano is snoring off of. Listen, you always learn something by listening to you. You have a, a very good knowledge about all of that. Plus, you lived it. You were almost killed by them. So you should know a lot about it. Anyway... The other thing that bugs the hell out of me is Frank's music, that that song that he plays that they wrote for him and his lyrics. Some garbage band put it together for him. Oh, wait a second. Wait a second. Uh, We'll play it here because that guy called up the other night when, again, I had to come in and take over for Frank Morano because he was a deadbeat, a slacker, hanging out at the Borgata. Remember, he was shooting dice at the Borgata on Monday. So I had to do his program, and I'm telling you, it's going to be Wally Pip all over. I'm like Lou Gehrig. He may never get this program back. But anyway, it's incredible. The guy called up, what is his name, AJ or whatever, who wrote this, uh, um, I guess you could call it a garage band song about the other yeah. side of midnight. Uh, Matt, Matt here loves it. Uh, the whole staff loves it. They think it's such a great song. Hey, listen, I, I went to a music college. I played for over 40 years myself. I was in a band that wrote songs. We got an album out. I have an album out on Sunday's records. It's called The High Keys. I can't believe that that band would actually, anybody would like that band and that song to be played on the radio. I mean, it's it's really bad. It's just horribly written. and terribly sung and it's all about his narcissism is why he wants to show it that's it uh, well i'm telling you and i i spoke to this guy who did it for frank who was like having a nervous breakdown because i was criticizing it and saying wait a sec you realize i had david crosby of crosby stills nash and young do a a song for me for the other side of midnight my version because I had supported them in their battle against Spotify along with uh, uh, Morrison. Uh, well, here it is. Here it is. Uh, you, I'm going to have to torture you, Mike. I'm going to have to torture you and the audience. This is so bad. So bad. Oh, God. Sounds moronic. Really bad, my God. Really bad. Really bad. And you should see Frank Morano. He rocks out to it. He, 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 like, you know, he tries to snap his fingers to it. He tells everybody, oh, this is such a great theme song. God. Well, when somebody like him around, I can understand why there's bad blood between the two of you. <laughs> You're totally different. 
and uh, congratulations to me with Nancy and the the cats. And she's such a great person. Well, well, I, I want you as a music aficionado, Mike. Um, I want you to listen to the other side of midnight. This is David Crosby, who wrote this song specially for me from Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young, Mike. Now, what do you think, Mike? What do you think? I think it sounds great. I love David Crosby. I love Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young. They were a great band. David Crosby still sings good and writes good songs. He's a crafted songwriter. I was I was honored that in return for my support of them against Spotify and Joe Rogan, yeah. uh, that he actually felt so moved to write that song in honor of nice. mine. I mean that that's really stand up. Look at what a melody here. Up. God This is so good, Mike. Now compare it to that other garage man. Could I? Could I hear that, Matt? I know you. I no, know. Don't play it again. Oh. Please don't play it again. <laughs> You're right. It's like torture. Oh, oh God. Oh, here it comes. Oh my God. Oh, oh. Ooh. Oh God. I'm gonna have that in my head all night. <laughs> And this guy thinks it's good, Mike, the guy who did this song. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling Well, you know, Frank, he snores everything. As long as it doesn't cost anything, he's a schnorer. Yeah, of course. I, I, I got to tell you, you will not be seeing this guy uh, as a lounge lizard uh, outside of Atlantic City. You know, you take the Atlantic City Expressway, they have... All those no-tell motels where sometimes they have a lounge lizard. This guy wouldn't even be able to make that. <laughs> no. Well, thank you, Mike. Thanks for being so honest for having a tuning a tuning bar right in your ears. You could determine the difference. Oh, God. It's very easy. Very easy. I mean, here it is. Just imagine done for me and my version of the other side of midnight by the way you got to get the new york post today uh john katz owner and operator of uh, our parent company red apple media owners of wabc said he's taken out a full page ad in which he just touts me and all the programs i do i think there's like six different programs i do here at wabc always broadcasting curtis Wow, do you realize what an honor that I don't have to share a page with Frank Morano? I mean, that's what it was. It's like for, for, for months, you know, John and say, I want to promote the overnight show, The Other Side of Midnight, and yours, The Other Other Side of Midnight. And it would be Frank first, half a page, and then I'd be on the other half a page, like the throwaway part. But now it's me and me alone, Mike. I mean, that says a lot. Says a lot. And you're right also about that uh that the woman that started Viva Las Vegas, Ann Margaret, I knew it before she even got on the radio to say it, but uh, 
I think it, she was great too. You know, she's very attractive. She was beautiful. But not only that, she was vivacious. It was an energy coming from Anne Margaret. Like, look, there were a lot of beautiful actresses uh, in uh, oh, yeah. in Hollywood. In fact, uh, what is it? Uh, just the other day was what would have been Marilyn Monroe's 96th birthday. I think she was born June 1st. She died at 36 in 1962. They said, barbiturate overdose. Come on. Nobody believes she died of barbiturate overdose. It was either JFK or his brother RFK, the attorney general at the time, because they were, like, sharing her. Remember her original name, Norma Jean Mortensen. Married uh, Joe DiMaggio, Arthur Miller, a whole host of others. There has never been an actress, ever, as drop-dead gorgeous as Marilyn Monroe, who was not a blonde. This is The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. Check this out. No one knows New York better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lewa. And you can't compete against that. On 77 WABC. Take him out, take him out, bring him out, dead, dead. Shot him up, shot him up, shot him up, hey, hey. One gun, two gun, three gun, four. Your mind is all about crime. Our next, our next. It's time to get live, live. Yeah, from the President of the United States, Joe Biden, last night talking about gun control, how he wants to ban assault weapons, and so many other things that he was demanding that elected officials vote on and pass. We'll get to that momentarily. But without a question, the story of the day that needs explanation, and only yours truly could explain it because uh, I know where everyone's bones are buried and who buried them. You see the promo, it said, uh, Curtis Lee with the king uh, of New York. Well, I've earned that crown, not like uh, ones uh, did if you were Latin king gangbangers. Amor de rey. No, 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 no. I earned that the hard way by battling uh, some of the most infamous individuals socially, culturally, politically to dot the landscape of New York. And one of them, as you know, is a guy that I lost to in becoming mayor of the city of New York. He did, Eric Adams, who um, I call him the swagger man with no plan to deal with the violence, and he's proving that each and every day. He's like just grabbing for straws throwing stuff up against the wall, hoping that it sticks. And earlier on uh, Thursday, it was one of those days outside of City Hall at about noon. He decided that he needed a gun violence czar. He chose a guy named Mitchell, who is the leader of a group called Man Up. If you look at his resume, he got busted selling drugs years ago, then went to prison for a manslaughter that he said he didn't commit. (laughs) Don't they all? What a resume. But I want you to hear the mayor himself go ghetto on the press members of the Fourth Estate when they started to chirp in and ask him questions about, yo, this guy Mitchell, man, this guy's got quite the prison record. But here's the uniqueness of this. Y'all trying to define the way y'all do things the way us. 
We don't do the one, two, three, one, two, three dance. We do the boogaloo. So you trying to say, well, what's this, what's this, what's this? You don't understand. This is not how we operate. You know, this is like a different way. If you're trying to stop someone that's carrying a gun that doesn't have a home to sleep in, don't have anything to eat, living in the shelter, and you start, try to go to them and say, well, you know what? I got this philosophical principle that I learned in my theoretical class. Man, people will say, get out of my face. It's the mayor of the city of New York going ghetto on the press. Because, you know, his complexion is his protection. And most of the members of the fourth estate are scared white people. Oh, God, I hope he doesn't go get him on us today. I'll be so humiliated. How dare we ask a question that everybody wants to know? How could you take this ex-con who sold drugs and then went to prison for manslaughter that he said he didn't do, just like everybody else in prison, and put him as your your... Your gun violence czar? And then here's the same guy who... (laughs) I can't believe this. Here's the same guy who said, hey, we don't talk to the cops. We believe that snitches get stitches and end up in ditches. We do not talk to the police. So how could you be the, the czar in charge of gun violence? And not have a working relationship with the NYPD. Don't you think it would have behooved the mayor, since he realizes he's not having any luck driving down the violent crime rate plus the guns that are in the street, that he would have uh, appointed maybe somebody from, uh, you know, either retired or active from Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearm Agency, ATF, the FBI, formerly somebody with the NYPD who is a specialist in uh, gun extractions from the street? No. He chose this hoodlum. Uh, can I hear the mayor again go ghetto on the New York press? But here's the uniqueness of this. Y'all trying to define the way y'all do things the way us. We don't do the one, two, three, one, two, three dance. We do the boogaloo. So you trying to say, well, what's this, what's this, what's this? You don't understand. This is not how we operate. You know, this is like a different way. If you're trying to stop someone that's carrying a gun that doesn't have a home to sleep in, don't have anything to eat, living in the shelter, and you start try to go to them and say, well, you know what? I got this philosophical principle that I learned in my theoretical class. Man, people will say, get out of my face. Can anybody explain that to me? I need a translator. Look, I'm in the hood. I'm a street guy. But what's this boogaloo? We do the boogaloo. If I, as a white guy, said, yo, you brothers and sisters, all you do is the boogaloo, man, that's it. Racist. I'll be having to wear that scarlet letter. Can anybody explain, please, like Ricky Ricardo would say, remember, and I love Lucy, explain this. If anybody out there is like, um, it's like um, an archaeologist reading the hieroglyphics on the tombs, uh, in the desert of Egypt, you know, the Sphinx, the pyramids, you know, just re- tell me, what the hell did the mayor just say there? 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. But now it's time that we hear from the brand new gun violence czar, a uh, former con named Mitchell. Give us a chance to prove our self-worth. We are the people who are closest to the problem. So quite naturally, we have the answers to those problems. 
Now, hold on a second. <laughs> if you're closest to the problem in East New York and you have the answers to the problem, how come violence is skyrocketing there? It's not just because of this uh, group man up or what they call violence interrupters. But, my God, you're not getting any results, guy. This is like the Peter principle. You don't do a good job at the bottom level, so we kick you upstairs uh, in order to do a bad job at a higher level. It reminded me, like, uh, out-of-town Lee Brown was the police commissioner for then-David Dinkins, who uh, our mayor, Eric Adams, has said was really his hero, his role model. Uh, So... um, Uh, Out-of-town Lee Brown was the police commissioner. He had originally been the police commissioner of Houston, where he was always out of town. So he came to New York City. He was out of town during the Crown Heights riots, out of town during the Washington Heights riots. He was a horrible, horrible police commissioner. So guess what? Bill Clinton, brand-new president, tapped him to become the drug czar for the United States, the Peter Principle in full effect. And then there were more drugs being dealt in the United States than ever before. You bomb out at one level, hey, let's promote you so you can bomb out at a different level. Wait, wait, there's more that this new uh, gun czar fighting violence in the streets, Mitchell, had to say. The community that we represent can create, as you heard mentioned at this podium, solutions for themselves. And we're going to work hand in sync with that community to make sure that we deliver the things that they say that they need the things that they say that they want. And these men and women behind me are trained to deliver those resources into those neighborhoods where other people cannot go. Now, there are two things there. I never heard him once say he's going to work with the police, right? How the hell do you, how are you the gun violence czar and you're not going to work with the police? And then you're also talking about in neighborhoods where other people can't go. Well, isn't that the whole idea? You want to encourage them to go in those neighborhoods? Oh, my God. Wait, he's not finished. As you can see, when the weather gets hot, it's summertime in our neighborhoods, right? So we already been preparing ourselves all year round. Through the pandemic. Throughout the pandemic, throughout the first six months of this administration, we've been preparing ourselves. And we have to be honest, we didn't get into this problem overnight. So we shouldn't expect an overnight cure. We were actually asking for an honest opportunity, a fair opportunity. Fair opportunity. Just do your job. 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. But naturally, the mayor took over. He bogarted the press conference because this guy, his uh, new drug violence czar, excuse me, uh, gun violence czar, was sinking fast because the press was like all over him. Hey, did you do time for manslaughter? Did you do time for selling drugs? Is it true that you've already taken money from the city and hired your 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 daughter at $60,000 a year and your son at $30,000 a year and that group ran up, nepotism in full effect, and he was like stumbling and mumbling. So naturally, who had to jump in? Eric Adams and throw him a lifeline. I am blown away that the rest of America is not afraid of this Supreme Court ruling that I keep talking about. They are about to say the right to carry. That means everyone on the train can openly carry a gun. You're in a supermarket, everyone can carry a gun. That should be the number one issue we're talking about, this open carry law. 
that Trump's Supreme Court is about to push forward. <clears throat> Atlanta just removed all of its restrictions for obtaining a gun. So as shootings are going up, the restrictions are going down. And we're creating an environment where every person, no matter what their mental state, no matter what they're going through, can be armed with a gun. So a simple uh, traffic infraction can turn into a shootout. A simple dispute can turn into a shootout. We need to be laser-focused and put pressure on the Supreme Court to say, do not, pass, do not allow this to come into law. Hold on a second. You're going to tell me that everybody on a subway car is going to have a gun? Everybody in a supermarket is going to have a gun? That's not going to happen. And why would we be afraid of law-abiding men and women who could qualify for a carry permit, whether concealed or not concealed, the same people who have a premise permit, that means they can legally keep a gun at their uh, place of business or where they live. They just can't carry it. Now they'll have an opportunity to carry it, too. I think the city will be a lot safer than what um, the mayor is describing. He's more afraid of law-abiding people carrying a gun than he is of the thugs who already have pointed their guns in the air like they just don't care. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. And, Matt, we got to play that cut again because I still, as, as street smart as I am, I mean, let's face it, I'm pretty street smart. Um, I mean, the mayor, he just went ghetto on that uh, press corps, and he talks about doing the boogaloo and all these kind of things. He did, Just one more. I know it's a lot. But I myself am having a tough time dealing with this. But here's the uniqueness of this. Y'all trying to define the way y'all do things the way us. We don't do the one, two, three, one, two, three dance. We do the boogaloo. So you trying to say, well, what's this, what's this, what's this? You don't understand. This is not how we operate. You know, this is like a different way. If you're trying to stop someone that's carrying a gun that doesn't have a home to sleep in, don't have anything to eat, living in the shelter, and you start, try to go to them and say, well, you know what? I got this philosophical principle that I learned in my theoretical class. Man, people will say, get out of my face. Okay, so I guess you, Matt, and uh, who is this guy? What do they call his, his role here? What does Frank Marano call his role here? The uh, the, the uh, phone talent coordinator. I guess you do the one, two, three dance, the one, two, three dance, and he does the boogaloo. I'd like somebody out there, please, to connect the dots and explain to me what the hell that means. Because I'm 68 years old. I've spent more time in the streets than Eric Adams. You know I'm more of a street dude than Eric Adams. No street dude wears customized suits like that and Ferragamo shoes. Because let me tell you, you're not going to be able to dust anybody up. If anything, you're going to get dusted up. He's not a street dude. Well, what the hell does that mean? Can anybody out there explain? Our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Let's go to Melvin in the Bronx. Your turn to be heard here at WABC. Melvin. The man just got elected mayor. Coming upon a situation that is a product of a failed education system in the city of New York. The campaign for physical equity exposed that more than 20 years ago, and the state finally came around and said they're going to put the money back in the New York City education system. And yet you're going to condemn the man. I know in my 72 years of being on this planet, I live in the city, born and raised in the Bronx. 
that the organizations that are most effective get the least, the least government funding. But organizations that are not affected at all are bloated. With people in there just pushing paper and get all this government funding. All you gotta do is look at Chicago. The two organizations out there that are most effective in reaching the people in there is what? Oh yeah, the church at Reverend Jeremiah Wright was the pastor of in the nation of Islam. And the two organizations that get the most government funding is what? The public education system. All right, now, now Melvin, now Melvin, I, I understand and what you're saying. This is what's going on in New York City. I, I you know, all you want to do is, I met you all, see, when you came to Millbrook Houses. And all you want to do is rap and rave, rap and Sit back. What you see going on right now is a problem of a failed policy. All right, well, hold on. Oh, hold on, sir. Melvin. I've, I've been in the Millbrook projects many times. That's in the heart of the South Bronx. I want you, though, because you seem to be more knowledgeable than I am in terms of language. Could you translate for me what the mayor had to say? Would you be kind enough to do that? Well, why not? All We're right, all right, so, all right, hold on. We're going to play it, and then you'll be our translator. Hold on. But here's the uniqueness of this. Y'all trying to define the way y'all do things the way us. We don't do the one, two, three, one, two, three dance. We do the boogaloo. So you trying to say, well, what's this, what's this, what's this? You don't understand. This is not how we operate. You know, this is like a different way. If you're trying to stop someone that's carrying a gun that doesn't have a home to sleep in, don't have anything to eat, living in the shelter, and you start try to go to them and say, well, you know what? I got this philosophical principle that I learned in my theoretical class. Man, people will say, get out of my face. Melvin, if you can explain what the boogaloo is as opposed to the dance, one, two, three, one, two, three. He said correctly. To pull that spoke to the side and get it out, we're going to get down and dirt and get straight to the heart what is going on and erase it. Why don't you go talk to Sal Wilder, the former chief judge of the state of New York, and what happened to him? And why are you still walking around out here? But yet you want to dump, keep on dumping on me. Now, what is your solution over the solve a situation where it was caused by the Europeans that came here when Columbus opened up this land and stole it from the people who's already here? None of this drama was going on to bingo. And now all of a sudden you want a one, two, three solution. No, no, no. Keep in mind, Sing Sing opened up in 1827. His doors are still open. Now what is Sing Sing doing that people keep on going in and out there? Yes, you need to change direction and improve the educational system. The whole lot of this nonsense will disappear. Melvin, Melvin, I'm assuming you're one of those people that the mayor was referring to who do the boogaloo. What is the boogaloo? The boogaloo is a dance, mister. You keep on sidestepping the issue. All you do is shaking, 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 that's it. Is it something I should be able to do? Can I do it too? You've been doing it, baby. So you're still out there. For what? We all going to still be out here. Why? Because that corner was out there before we got here, and that corner will be out here after we gone. Then what we're going to do is straighten out that corner. You still got people standing out there. Evidently, we must have been doing something that's not correct because people are going to be still out there and they're going to keep on coming and coming and coming until we get out there and clean up that corner. A minister that was on the radio station, I spoke to Now, Melvin will keep talking as if I was hanging at the Millbrook Housing Projects across the street at the bodega, 138th or Brook. Yeah, I've been there many times. I don't remember Melvin. I'm sure he's there probably holding up the telephone pole. I just asked a simple question. What is the boogaloo? Maybe it is a dance. Uh, I'm a pretty good dancer. You know, during the age of disco, people would say, wow, you're a good dancer. You know how to do the Patty Duke, the bump, 
You know how to do the bus stop. You know how to do, uh, of course, the hustle. But the boogaloo, I mean, I've been in a lot of clubs, white, black, Hispanic. I think I've ever been introduced to the boogaloo. Maybe Chubby Checker? No, no, that was Twist and Shout, Chubby Checker. I'm, I'm really at wits here. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. But then the mayor was jawboning everybody saying, y'all were judging me on January 1st. What, 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 what they were judging me? They were judging me January 1st. You would have thought I was mayor for four years the way they were judging me. Now, wait a minute. He said by February he'd have everything straightened out with the crime. <laughs> and then he decided to obfuscate and not talk about the local gun situation with his newfound local gun czar, Aaron Mitchell. He decided to talk about how guns are a national crisis. We're going to keep evolving to create a safety that could address the national gun problem. The national gun problem. That's what we need to really understand. This is a national crisis. And then he kept telling the reporters because they wanted to keep asking questions of his brand new uh, gun violence czar. Questions that the czar did not want to answer. This is what uh, the mayor kept saying to everybody. We're going to do two more, and I got I to gotta bounce. What the hell did he say? We're going to do two more, and I got I to gotta bounce. I got to bounce? We're going to do two more, and I got I to gotta bounce. Wait, that's like if you were a guy in the street. Can I hear that one more time? We're going to do two more, and I got I to gotta bounce. Oh, and then he talked about DOA's dead on arrival. Yes, we did. We did. We talked about that, you know, uh, weeks ago. He said, Eric, this is, what I, this is what it is. I'm an open book. And I said, yo, brother, I want you, you know, because I'm, you know, you're talking about DOI. I'm talking about DOA. <laughs> Our children are dying. That's right. Our children are Everybody. dying. And the lack of urgency of getting the best talent to stop the DOAs. I have to stop the DOAs. That's my focus, the DOAs. They made recommendations. He did the recommendations. We are moving forward, and we're focused on stopping the DOAs. Huh. (laughs) Wait a second. He said, uh, look at his book. His book, he did time for manslaughter and dealing drugs, although he said he didn't do the manslaughter. I'm, I, look, I'm just asking one simple question of our audience. I realize this is the Frank Morano audience, and they're familiar with flappers, you know, back to uh, Prohibition. They're familiar with waltzes, you know, those kind of dances. What the hell is a boogaloo? I, I've been dancing. Look, I'm 68, and I've been dancing uh, at parties since I was about eight, nine years old, fourth grade, fifth grade. Never heard of the boogaloo. 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Let's go to Pamela in Central Jersey. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Pamela. Yeah, didn't Art Carney do the bugaloo in the Honeymooners? <laughs> all right, so Art Carney, all right, and then obviously you had uh, Jackie Gleason in the Honeymooners, and you claim he did the boogaloo? Yeah, I think that was the Honeymooners. I think that's the Hucklebuck. Oh, was it? I think. Oh, well, I think it's I think it's the ghetto version. 
All right, so the ghetto version of the Hucklebuck is the Boogaloo. (laughs) Yes. I got it. Did did you hear, though, how Armeo was talking there? I I thought, like, my God, what what the hell? (laughs) He was going street on everybody. But then again, I'm one of those European immigrants, you know, that... uh... All right, now yeah, I'm going to give you a chance. Hold on, Pamela. I'm going to give you a chance. You know, one of the worst movies ever made. And by the way, Nick uh, of Time, which starred Johnny Depp and Christopher Walken, was supposed to be a great movie about the uh, they tried to assassinate the governor of California. It was probably one of Johnny Depp's worst movies, won a Raspberry Award. The reason I recommend it is the Guardian Angels are in every scene. Maybe that's the reason it was such a bad movie. But it bombed. But I got to tell you. There was the uh, movie. It starred Sean Penn and at that time Tom Cruise's wife from Australia called The Interpreters. It was horrible about United Nations interpreters. But Pamela, I want you to be fully focused and listen to what our mayor had to say about Boogaloo. But here's the uniqueness of this. Y'all trying to define the way y'all do things the way us. We don't do the one, two, three, one, two, three dance. We do the Boogaloo. So you trying to say, well, what's this, what's this, what's this? You don't understand. This is not how we operate. You know, this is like a different way. If you're trying to stop someone that's carrying a gun, that doesn't have a home to sleep in, don't have anything to eat, living in a shelter, and you start, try to go to them and say, well, you know what? I got this philosophical principle that I learned in my theoretical class. Man, people will say, get out of my face. Pamela, can you help me with that? Yeah, it's just it just means we dance to a different tune. Okay, and and uh, you know, in white European English, it's we dance to a different tune. You you all don't understand us. Ah, so we're going to get it right. All right, no, that's as close. That's that's very close. Now that is cogent. That makes sense. That is pretty concise. I'm glad you were able to boil that down and figure out from the street lingo what he was really saying and all that. He was surrounded at that time by African-Americans from East New York. So I guess he was saying, y'all out there, meaning the white reporters, you have no idea. You don't dance the boogaloo. But then again, you're the mayor of the city of New York. You're the mayor for all the people. Uh, uh, yeah, You know something, Pamela? I'm going to give you a Curtis Lee with Booby Prize because that was a very good interpretation. Uh, can we ask uh, once again our uh, phone... Uh, uh, calling uh, what what talent coordinator to pick up on uh, Pamela and make sure she gets the Curtis Lee with Booby Prize? What, 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 what kind of positions does Frank Morano dole out? There's no job description. What is the name of that again, uh, Matt? Well, hold on. Go ahead. Go ahead. What does he call that position? The telephone talent coordinator. There is no such position. When you look at the job descriptions right here at WABC, the telephone talent coordinator, there's nothing like that exists. It's called phone screening. Let's go to uh, Benny calling from uh, Ridgewood. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Benny. Curtis, how are you? I've had better days. All right. Listen, the Boogaloo, if you remember, because you were around at that time. Pete Rodriguez, I like it like that. He was one of the big inventors of Boogaloo. It's a mixture of African-American music and Latino in Washington Heights. Ah, okay. Now you're drawing me closer to my roots. I'm thinking 
merengue, salsa, reggaeton. No, no, it's none of that. No, none of that. None of that. It's up in uptown Manhattan. They combined the music, and he does, he's always mentioned Boogaloo, Boogaloo. Ah, and again, who was the uh, performer? What was his name? The artist, Pete Rodriguez. Look him up. All right. No, no, I appreciate you straightening me out there because, as you could see, I was adrift. I was, uh, I, I needed a lifeline, and you threw me a lifeline there, Benny. All right, Curtis. Yeah, I didn't want to sound like uh, some uh, okie-dokie white boy, you know, from Indiana where the corn is growing. I hear you. Thank you. Thank you for Take rescuing care. Have a good day. Thank you, Benny. See, it took Benny, a Boricua, to uh, help me out there. By the way, the Puerto Rican Day Parade is coming up. Two parades you need to keep on your schedule. This uh, Sunday is the annual Greek parade. I'll be attending with Anthony, my oldest son, who is an intern here, will be graduating from high school. We make it a point every time there's the Greek parade to be there. I'll be there with uh, our whole, uh, almost our whole crew here from WABC, led by John and Margot Katsimatidis, as we honor uh, Greek Independence Day. That's on the 5th, along 5th Avenue, starting at about 61st. Figure at about 1 o'clock you want to be there. Parade, I think, kicks off at one thirty. Then I got to be back here at WABC at 3, from 3 to 5 Sunday. And then the following Sunday is the annual Puerto Rican Day Parade, the biggest in the city. Both sides of 5th Avenue packed. You remember the Seinfeld episode, episode where Kramer burned the Puerto Rican flag and the Boricos were, like, ready to kill him? Well, that parade was two years on the shelf because of the lockdown and pandemic of March of 2020. Uh, It will re-engage. It is the largest parade in the city, larger than the St. Patrick's Day Parade and larger than the West Indian Day Parade on Labor Day, September 4th, uh, in Crown Heights along Eastern Parkway. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. WABC. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com slash audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com slash audio. That's carshield.com slash audio. New York. He is New York. Cred that the others don't have. Curtis Lewa. Talk Radio 77 WABC. the jam all 
I don't think I could do the boogaloo, the D trains. You're the one for me. This is another song I'm dedicated to my beautiful wife, Nancy, as we celebrated our fifth anniversary yesterday. And she gave me the right to come in and uh, to make sure that Frank Morano was not playing the best of the other side of midnight because there is no best of any other show. You either do it live or local or don't do it at all. There is nobody that has better music than yours truly, Curtis Sliwa. Move over, Dominic Carter. He tries to sing on the shows. Keep it for the shower stall. He's on 11, excuse me, 12 to 1, Monday through Fridays, right before Frank Morano. And then, of course, there's Bo Snurdly from 4 to 5, and then three hours on Saturday morning, 7 to 11. And they try all kinds of musical riffs. Bo Snurdly the other day say, oh, Earth, Wind, and Fire was better than Sly and the Family Stone. What? Is he out of his mind? I mean, listen to this vibe here. Listen, right now. See, I got to convince John Casamitidis, our owner and operator, because he wants to buy other stations, that he should just hook one up. It's all Curtis music all the time. Yeah. From electronic dance music to old disco classics. Like this D-Train, super spectacular, you're the one for me, dedicated to my wife, Nancy. She's the keeper. Oh, listen, oh. Yeah, gonna do the boogaloo. That's right, we're gonna turn this mother out. This is so good. Oh, this is so good. I don't think I'm going to go back to talk. By the way, there was a uh, lovely broadcaster, a femme fatale extraordinaire, mid-mornings over at WBLS, inner-city broadcasting. I heard the bad news. She got a pink slip. You think me, the Caucasian persuasion, the snow row? You think I could do... The Quiet Storm, the White Storm, featuring yours truly, Curtis Lee. I know you'd say, you don't have enough time during the day. I'll find the time. If I could be on loan to WBLS, Inner City Broadcasting, which first hit the airwaves with Percy Sutton, who ran for mayor. And then our own Dominic Carter busted his shoes, going out there as a field reporter for WBLS. And I believe it was WLIR. Well, I may have that one wrong. But anyway, let's go back to the phones. That's so good. So good. Anyway, uh, we've got to go to uh, what our President Joe Biden said yesterday in addressing the nation right from the Oval Office uh, about the uh, carnage that's been created as uh, children and adults have been cut down in gunfire. He said... We need more red flag laws. We should also have national red flag laws so that a parent, a teacher, a counselor can flag for a court that a child, a student, a patient is exhibiting violent tendencies, threatening classmates, or experiencing suicidal thoughts. makes them a danger to themselves or to others. No problem with that. That's a good one. Then he said we need to raise the age to 21 to buy uh, a semi-automatic rifle. In Uvalde, 
The shooter was 17 when he asked his sister to buy him an assault weapon. Knowing he'd be denied because he was too young to purchase one himself, she refused. But as soon as he turned 18, he purchased two assault weapons for himself. Because in Texas, you can be 18 years old and buy an assault weapon, even though you can't buy a pistol in Texas until you're 21. We can't ban assault weapons as we should. We must at least raise the age to be able to purchase one to 21. I don't have a problem with that. So that, wow, Joe Biden's got me on, too. The only problem was he didn't mention once last night in his speech to the nation about the growing uh, plague of gun violence. Not once did he talk about hardening the schools, armed police officers or security officers and extraordinary protections put into place like we have at banks, like we have at government buildings, like we have when you go to the airport to catch a flight. And you have armed TSA agents or even marshals uh, who are on the flights. You don't get to see them because they're wearing plain clothes. You didn't mention that once. Then it was uh, our president talking about the need to repeal protections for gun makers. We should repeal the liability shield that often protects gun manufacturers from being sued for the death and destruction caused by their weapons. They're the only industry in this country that has that kind of immunity. Imagine, imagine if the tobacco industry had been immune from being sued, where we'd be today. The gun industry special protections are outrageous. It must end. I don't think it's just the gun manufacturers. I think um, Monopoly is Major League Baseball, if I believe, or the NFL. No, it's the NFL. That's the Monopoly. I don't think... Well, anyway, no, you really can't compare guns and gun manufacturers uh, to the millionaires and billionaires uh, who uh, own the uh, National Football League teams who can't have competition because (laughs) they're a monopoly. Anyway, let's go to uh, President Joe Biden, who said an issue uh, that needs to be addressed is just what Dominic Carter was talking about hours ago, mental health. There's a serious use mental health crisis in this country. We have to do something about it. That's why mental health is the heart of my unity agenda that I laid out in the State of the Union address this year. We must provide more school counselors, more school nurses, more mental health services for students and for teachers, more people volunteering as mentors to help young people succeed, more privacy protection and resources to keep kids safe from the harms of social media. Well, privacy protections is a double-edged sword. You know, a lot of times you're not permitted to know that a young person is uh, a danger to society because of HIPAA laws. So I think the uh, president and his staff are really going to have to explain that better because right now you really can't find out if a young person is going through all kinds of mental strains and pains that could lead them to becoming an enemy of society because of the protection of the HIPAA laws. Anyway, let's go to the phones. Uh, it is uh, Roger patiently waiting on the line in Rockaway Beach. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Roger. Yeah, I'm ready to get on your ass. <laughs> uh, in what way? <laughs> but um, I know you, but don't be too extremist. Don't listen to the right or left. Do things with a balance. One day this might be right. Next day, that might be the best thing. 
Don't get caught in a fixed mind. You understand? Yeah, so you mean uh, be more... I ain't saying being no faggot or punk or nothing, but I'm saying you got to see what's the best for humanity. We in a in a bad time zone, you understand? Mm-hmm. And man against man it ain't going to work. We all humans. You means, human means to be humane. We got to stop that. Hatred, holding back on this division. We got to stop that. Now, let me ask you you a question, Roger. Uh, You live in Rockaway Beach? Yes. How long you been living there? All my life. Oh, (laughs) now, you know, there's a song. There's a song dedicated to you and everybody there who lives out in Rockaway Beach. You live near 116th Street, Beach 116th? I live on on 86th Street. Oh, okay. A little further down. I'm tired of people fighting against each other. There's only two people on earth. Excuse me. Good people and miserable people. Well, let me tell you something. There's no need to fight and go on to Rockaway Beach because from Beach 92nd Street to Beach... 116th Street, they've closed it down. It's right after the Memorial Day weekend because they want to beach nourishment. They want to replenish the sand that all goes out to the ocean. But they want to do it in the middle of the beach season, which is going to get a lot of people, white, black, Hispanic, Asian, and especially the hipsters and millennials coming in from North Williamsburg, real angry. Well, wait a second, that, that song, hold on. Oh, wow. I'm thinking Forest Hills, right? I'm thinking one of the greatest bands, garage bands ever to be created. Now, who is this, ladies and gentlemen, who sings a tribute to Rockaway Beach? Oh, it's so good. Yeah. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. This is in tribute of our own Sid Rosenberg, who's coming in from out that way near Bell Harbor. Might as well. You have Bell Harbor, you have the Ponsid, you have Rockaway Beach, you have the Rockaways. Uh, it's the Ramones from Forest Hills. One of them who actually loved going to the Rockaways. Love, love going to the Rockaways. Rockaway Playland. Remember at 96th Street? Oh, it was the best. Better than Coney Island because it wasn't as congested. And the waters, the ocean was clean. I mean, it's the Atlantic Ocean. And then they took down Rockaway Playland and broke my heart. And then closed Stella Maris, which was an all-girls Catholic high school, and broke my heart because, hey, I was snacking on the girls there. Gone! 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Let's go to Mike calling from Pennsylvania. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Mike. Yeah, good morning, Curtis. You know, Curtis, you know what kills me? Once I heard that guns off. I said, this is just another political job, another brand-new political job like public advocates. What, what is the guy going to do? He's no cop. He's, and here, here we go, Curtis. Forty years. Oh, wow. We lost. Al Sharpton will come from that neighborhood. Why is there more and more and more violence? They're supposed to be leaders. There shouldn't be a problem like that. It's the sports heroes. They stink. When I was a kid growing up, if you uh, you know you had uh, uh, sportsmen of color, they went into the neighborhoods. They saw the kids. They they uh, they they made 
you know, they made examples. But this guy, he's talking like some hood. I mean, the NBA got got their players now wearing hoodies. What's that all about? Come on. Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, uh, Mike, in Pennsylvania, let me read to you the words of our new gun violence czar as appointed by Mayor Eric Adams yesterday. A guy, by the way, his resume, hey, he did time for selling drugs in the streets and for killing somebody, manslaughter, but he said he didn't do it. Yeah, like everybody else in the joint. But this is what he wrote just a few years ago about his hood, East New York. He said, East New York is a traditionally over-policed neighborhood, the 75th Precinct, where cops have a history of harassing its predominantly black residents. That creates and breeds a certain atmosphere because it's almost like an occupied force in your community. Hey, Bo Deedle, who made his bones in the 75th Precinct in East New York, I hope you respond to this. How the hell is this guy going to be the gun? Violent czar in the city. You got to work with cops. Wait, it gets better. He writes, East New York was ground zero for stop and frisk. And even today, it's the precinct facing the highest number of federal lawsuits. Well, that's because it's the largest precinct in the city. And then finally, Andre Mitchell, the brand new gun violent czar, says, instead of busting down doors, raiding houses, taking everybody out on the street, Putting these kids through the system, police should just give us a call and we'll handle it. The violence interrupt us. Yeah, you've been doing a great job in East New York. Yeah. Boulevard projects, pink houses, Linden houses, Cypress Hills. Get out of here. And you know what violence interrupt us say? These are organizations that get a lot of government money, our tax dollars, Uh, They actually had a meeting uh, when Dermot Shea was the lapdog police commissioner for Bill de Blasio, the part-time mayor, the dope from Park Slope. And his number two guy was Terrence Moynihan, who was okay until he took that knee in Washington Square Park with Black Lives Matter. And it was all downhill then. So Dermot Shea and Terrence Moynihan were sitting with this Erica Ford, who was the head of one of these violence interrupted groups. And they said, well, what can you do in cooperation with the police because the mayor would like you guys to work with us? And she looked at them and said, nothing. We don't snitch anybody out. And so Dermot Shea said, well, if you have knowledge of a crime, can you convey it to the local police? She goes, we don't do that. We solve things ourselves." Yeah, right. This is good. Hey, oh, wait. Now, the mayor's going to get upset because a lot of the media, a lot of the white media were asking those questions uh, yesterday at the end of his press conference outside of City Hall. But here's the uniqueness of this. Y'all trying to define the way y'all do things the way us. We don't do the one, two, three, one, two, three dance. We do the boogaloo. So you're trying to say, well, what's this, what's this, what's this? You don't understand. This is not how we operate. You know, this is like a different way. If you're trying to stop someone that's carrying a gun that doesn't have a home to sleep in, don't have anything to eat, living in a shelter, and you start try to go to them and say, well, you know what? I got this philosophical principle that I learned in my theoretical class. Man, people will say, get out of my face. All right, I struck out swinging, trying to figure out what the hell the man was talking about. You know, I've spent time in Brownsville, lived on Osborne, Hegeman, East New York, Cleveland, New Lots, obviously Canarsie, Bronx, when I started the Guardian Angels in 1979. So 
I'm a bit of a hood rat, but I couldn't figure it out. Well, leave it to Sid Rosenberg. He's pretty good with that technology stuff. I'm sure he's listening on his way in from Bell Harbor. He's got to interpret what the mayor said yesterday. And the best one will be Bernard McGurk. Not only is he well-read, but he grew up in the heart of the hood, the South Bronx, the Monroe Public Housing Projects. He was like the only white guy there, the only white family, his father, an Irish uh, bus driver. Boy, feet don't fail me now. He was a Hayesman. That's right, went to Cardinal Hayes. It's right across the street now, Monroe Projects, from what they call the Sotomayor Projects, there, where the Bruckner is. Maybe Bernard can translate it, because, I, I look, I've failed my audience. I have no idea what the hell the man's talking about. Anyway, let's go to Jimmy, who's calling from New York. Your turn to be heard here on WABC, Jim. Hey, good morning, Curtis. Yes, uh, you know, I, well, I, hear, I hear Eric Adams. He's just so unintelligent, trying to sound intelligent. You know, like, like pronouncing every, every syllable of every word. The opportunity, like, he's such a moron. It's like, it's like how does this guy get this position? You know, it has nothing to do with race. Everything has to do with race with him. You know what I mean? But, but he's just, it's like that classic thing, you know, even a blind squirrel gets a nut. The city's being led by a blind squirrel. You know what I mean? He has no clue. Well, look, Jim, I think that was evident yesterday, the fact that he has to appoint a guy who did time on manslaughter and dealing drugs to be the city's gun violence czar when you had uh, retired police, ATF, FBI, active, who could have filled that role. Shame on us that we have to depend on a gangbanger. Right, you're right. Hey, listen, I own a farm not too far from Hal Caverns where you got married. Uh, I'm the guy, the Jersey guy who bought the farm up there. Yeah, yeah, no, no. I, uh, this five years ago today, it's our fifth anniversary. Uh, it's the best decision I ever made in my life to uh, marry Nancy. Thank God she said yes, because obviously my track record uh, was not very good. I was a hot mess with my previous uh, marriages. I'm a serial marrier. She said yes. We went up to the caves there in which there are more cows than people uh, above ground. And it was a great marriage. Uh, I have great memories. And I gave it all up in order to be here so that Frank Morano could not play the best of the other side of midnight. Because I don't believe in that, Jim. I don't believe there's a, a best a program that you could play a second time. If it didn't fly the first time, then it'll crash and burn the second time, Jim. Yeah, I, you know, I grew up around mobsters. I had an uncle who was a mobster. They're thieves, liars, and crooks. Why would you idolize mobsters? And Atlantic City is like a Venus flytrap for money. It's built on tears. Why would you go to a place? See me? I gamble on me. In businesses, I don't, let, I don't go somewhere where it's stacked against me to take my money to make me feel good and kick me out the door. You know what I mean? I, I can't. I, I used to, I mean, I've gone to Atlantic City maybe three times when I was a kid, lost everything, and never went back. You know what I mean? Why, why would you idolize Atlantic City? It's like this big Venus flytrap that sucks money out of you. <laughs> yeah, well, look, Frank Morano always gets, he doesn't lie. He says he shoots craps and he craps out. It's, Curtis, a, it, quick. it's amazing. Yes, go ahead, Jim. With your, with your wife, how do you sneak away to Nathan's to have a hot dog with your wife being such an animal lover? I'm an animal lover, but I love, I love eating meat. <laughs> yeah, no, no. My wife, uh, if she were to see me eat a dirty water hot dog, she uh, her, her looks would kill. So when I'm in yeah. the apartment, when I'm in the house, I have to be very careful what, what I ask. I say, 
Do we have a salad? Uh, <laughs> You're uh, like a guy sneaking off to a strip bar when you got to go to Nathan's with your son, right? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. No, no, no. And and uh, I've cut down uh, my consumption of red meat. I've uh, cut down my consumption of chicken. I'll have a little fish at times. Uh, so right. it's, it's actually better for you as you get older. You just can't digest oh, yeah. it the same way. But I got to tell you, I had that dirty water hot dog in my hands from Nathan Famous in Coney Island during the campaign for mayor. And Nancy was right there, and she said, don't you dare. And I went, chomp, chomp, chomp. Down the hatch it went. Remember, it was uh, 1996. You know, it's truly Curtis Lee who was competing in the annual Dirty Water Hot Dog Contest, Nathan's famous July 4th on the boardwalk of Coney Island. I finished third place. That's right. I'll never forget. The guy who won the contest was from uh, Maspeth, Queens, worked for Verizon. He was uh, six foot eight, 280 pounds. His nickname was the Maspeth Incinerator. He ate 24 hot dogs in 12 minutes. Then there was the uh, professor who uh, would use his intellect to figure out the best way to consume hot dogs. He ate 18 hot dogs. He was from originally Staten Island, then did the hop, skip, and the jump like so many folks in Staten Island down to Manalapan on the Jersey Shore. And I finished with 16. I finished third, although I really cheated on two of them. And that was good enough to finish third back in 1996. Now you wouldn't even qualify. The winning amount of hot dogs, they've taken two minutes off the contest. It's now 10 because they were afraid people would uh, choke on the hot dogs and die at 12 minutes the old time. It's like taking a 15-round like heavyweight championship fight and taking it down to 12. And you have Joey Chestnut. The reigning world champion from Fresno, California, averages 72 hot dogs in 10 minutes. But there was that time they had the great competition, Kobayashi, who I competed against, uh, Kobayashi from Japan, the land of the rising sun, who actually was about five foot eight, only about 140 pounds. He could compete with Joey Chestnut, dog for dog, and then he was banned. By Nathan's famous by the Shea brothers. I will never forgive them for that. They blamed me. They said, oh, you're xenophobic. You're jingoistic. No, I was talking trash at him. But he won the contest anyway. I lost fair and square. They drove him out back to the land of the rising sun. One day, Kobayashi will return to win the mustard-colored belt of supremacy, which is the ultimate macho, maniacal man's way of establishing himself. This July 4th, Nathan Famous on the boardwalk at Coney Island. By the way, up next, one hour of news, and then the best news talk program in the country in the morning, Bernard McGurk and Sid Rosenberg to take you the rest of the way.